Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you could take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kenneke. Today's show is extremely special, as all end-of-the-year, game-of-the-year episodes are for us. And uh, my guest returning, I don't know how many years we've been doing this. It's over five. Yeah, it's definitely pro- It's over probably five. way over five. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, how old is this show? Uh, uh, it, it's Magic Air. Oh, man, crawling out from the frozen tundra of New England. <laughs> East Coast correspondence here for the end of the year. Yes, Recap. my my favorite guest, my most prolific guest. He was on on from the very jump mm. from Super Mario Land for our first little, episode. Little jumps, and uh, and it's nice to have you back on. So yes, it is the end of 2019, and we're here to talk about some of our favorite games of the year. Yes, but are. first, let's talk a little bit more about just the year in general, Matt, um, because mm. it. Like it was, I feel like last year was kind of more of the passing of the torch year, but this this year is kind mm-hmm. of the end of that torch passing, uh, because our beloved 3DS console is now pr- pretty much officially dead. Yeah, there's not much else coming out on the horizon for the 3DS that even looks interesting. So it's kind yeah. of now become a legacy console or handheld. And uh, you and I, both, I have my copy right here, but kind of like the last kind of official Nintendo game for the 3DS, Mario and Luigi's Bowser Inside Story, the remake, uh, with also Bowser Jr.'s Journey, uh, noticeably plays only in 2D on the box. <laughs> so a, a kind of a sad, wet fart for the end of 3D on the 3DS, but uh, just such a great handheld device, uh, honestly. Uh, Rocky totally. Start and uh definitely a a turnaround uh especially when one of our favorite games and i think like a a, a definitely in my conversation for like game of the generation game of the decade uh uh, fire emblem awakening Mm -hmm. uh and that was just kind of just all uphill from there yeah i mean i i think just looking stacking the library up to any other consoles library especially when you add in the ability to also play DS games on on that system, it's. I, I think it's probably my favorite system of all time. Mm. Definitely, the DS line is one of my favorites. Uh, hard to surpass, like the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. uh, lineage of that kind of. Uh, but there's just there's so many. Like we got the return of a lot of Metroidvania games on the, the DS's lifetime and 3DS's lifetime. Uh, rebirth of like Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so many interesting games with that dual screen touchscreen setup and uh, things like street pass uh, and uh, just weird little other kind of weird oddities on this strange handheld system that i don't think we'll see anything like that for a long time right i mean the the ds was part of nintendo's really experimental phase uh when they went with ds and then we uh, and then transitioning to Wii U, which was less of a mm-hmm. uh, less of a success, but still very experimental. And then the 3DS was more of that refinement of the DS. Um, it was it was a very interesting time for Nintendo, and and I mean I, I think they're still kind of doing that. The Switch also is very experimental in a way with with its ability, uh, so we're still getting some of that. But at the same time, the Switch feels like a more um, traditional console in a lot of ways. You say that, but I'm holding my hand a all handheld portable <laughs> Switch Lite. That's true. That's true. Uh, and and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I, actually, you know, I, I think 
you're you're inspiring me right now to maybe do a future episode with you of the best of the DS 3DS mm-hmm. era. Yeah, I was I was going to and... ask about that later uh, uh, after the show, but yeah, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the legacy of the DS uh, and 3DS in, in uh, tandem. So yeah, uh, well, now that we've said it on the show, now we have to yeah, do we it. have so to do it now. It's, it's good. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll think about doing something like that at some point because that that actually sounds super fun. Um, but yes, you you held in your hands just a little bit of ago your uh, your switch light turquoise. Uh, I I do not have one of these. Uh, I only have the the traditional original switch. How how are you liking it so far? I love I love the form factor of it. Uh, it's kind of for my hands. It fits kind of perfectly, and the D pad I find is very nice. Uh, right compared to especially the sort of I was getting used to the uh, just the four buttons uh, for the. Uh, left Joy-Con uh, side of it. I do miss the uh, ability to put it on the TV and just dock it. So there's no ability to do that. But the dual setup I have going on with this being my primary and the secondary being my original uh, switch, that is the, you know, kind of the, because you have to do a internet check-in uh, to your My Nintendo account and you know, be able to play any games that you bought digitally. Carts, you just swap in the cart and you can play it so that's you know it's convenient and if i bring it over to a friend's house that i know the wi-fi and they have a dock you can still do that and everything or you can use a wi-fi hotspot things like that uh but i've generally been just playing everything handheld it is uh i think this is like uh if this was the vita i would have bought a vita like <laughs> uh, the ability to use a micro sd card to uh, uh, like store games on this is just a game changer. That's the biggest hangup I ever had about the Vita. Uh, I even like trying to find like a used one, thinking like, ah, yeah, I really do want to get them. And then seeing still the prices of those memory cards just to get so, something usable yeah. is just because you don't know how long they're going to keep you from downloading those games on the PlayStation right. Store at this point because they're not coming out with anything. And uh, play, you know, PlayStation Three and Vita games no longer get PS Plus games for free. Totally, and so, and you get into that like um, that that PT territory mm-hmm. too of just at some point they're just going to turn off those servers and you're never going to be able to download those things yep. again. Like uh, I have a uh, uh, Tokyo um, Jungle, Tokyo mm-hmm. Jungle Mobile, because yep. uh, there were the PlayStation Mobile titles that you could download, and and now that PlayStation Mobile died and you can no longer download those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And so a game like Tokyo Jungle Mobile is now no longer available anywhere. And yep, that's and a real is, shame because that game is actually kind of cool. This is an increasing thing we're, we're seeing now, too, especially not just in, like, handheld things. Like, for example, Bioshock on the iPad was, sure. uh, you know, a game that people bought. Can't play it anymore. Right. Uh, Flappy Bird no longer supported on any uh, iOS devices because it didn't transfer to the 64-bit era of their chipsets. And uh, even, like, on consoles like Battleborn next year is can't play it at all right uh, if and, you bought that game and speaking uh, of drive the, club the 64, things like that speaking of that 64-bit thing i mm. i had to scratch and claw and email uh, zynga a thousand times to get drop seven to uh to get the upgrade and i finally did wow you, you can play drop seven again i'm not saying it was all me uh but i'm saying i definitely I go support that <laughs> it's uh God, that's still one of my favorite favorite ios games to play and uh it's it's been with me for a very long time and hopefully it stays with me forever because i love that game Mm -hmm. um yeah it's a weird thing about preservation of some of those systems uh but back to the back to the switch light 
mean, mm-hmm. that that seems like a really a really nice console. Yeah. I mean, I the size is perfect too. I like I can put this in just a little case and uh, put it either in a large pocket in my coat or in a bag, and it feels just easier to tra- transport than the uh, original Switch. Uh, like for example, to transport that, you either need a big case. Mm-hmm. I don't want to carry that around. If I put it in like a uh, sling bag or something like that, I have to take the Joy-Cons off and then put the screen in and put the Joy-Cons inside. I don't want to damage them like that. This, if you get a good case and a good screen protector, uh, you can just transport this on the go. And it's just, it feels more like a handheld device. And I just love that about it. Totally. And and it, from all the reports that I've heard, it, it sounds like it just feels yep. super solid. Like having those things, having those Joy-Cons locked to the system yeah. is is really nice for just the way it feels missed the rumble um, a little bit but not that much to make sure. a huge difference and haven't had any drift issues at all with the joy cons so that's good uh, yeah yeah I, I think this is and the price is just it's for 200 bucks it's too good to pass up for something with like the kind of games it plays mm-hmm. in a handheld uh, setting like uh i just got on the black friday sale because i had a bunch of coins saved up uh dark souls remastered Okay. Uh, a game that I played a little bit on the consoles because uh, it was like free with Xbox back in the day on 360, uh, and played that a little bit like uh, like remastered on the uh, Xbox One. But uh, I, I really want to dig into it and like playing it on the go like that. It just seems like just kind of perfect for this kind of setup. Sure. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that and just like all the other freaking games you can get on that now. Like if anybody was complaining as far as like the Switch's library, there is no shortage of games. Uh, a little bit to their detriment, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. The, it's definitely they have a, a real problem of curation yes and very hard to find the games that you're looking for uh, i was got a, a laugh out of uh, on the cad cast uh, cheap ass gamers uh, mm-hmm. uh, podcast they did a uh, sort of little game a like switch game or not switch game and they so, tried you know yeah. giving real switch games and not switch, they it's unfortunate like the way they've been like kind of just shoveling everything onto this console it kind of just floods the store and there's just no good way to filter what like they need a better like kind of setup for the eShop and music right it, we definitely yes we definitely need good music uh but yeah there was sort of a monkey's paw thing going on where we said oh everything should be on switch and and <laughs> they got your said wish. okay here you go <laughs> and like yeah okay there's there's maybe too much on switch right now and and the thing that's really getting me uh developers are trying to get find any way to get under the under the radar or not under the radar they're trying to get seen uh so they're they're kind of uh like undercutting the rules more or less and and i see developers now who like put out a quote-unquote ten dollar game but it's discounted to 90 percent off so it shows up in the great deals tab yep uh and and those kinds of games are are just showing up all the time now and they're constantly on sale so they can at least be in another menu that people can see and and on one hand clever mm-hmm. well done uh but on the other hand it's mm-hmm. it's yep. really cluttering up a, another tab on that system and one that i use frequently especially recently here with all the black friday deals and cyber monday stuff they had some pretty incredible deals for yeah. for like switch better games than they have out. in like years for their like yeah. digital platform for like a nintendo uh handheld pro- like platform and uh, for first party games too like i ended up buying xenoblade chronicles 2 a game that i'm not really all that excited <laughs> finally for finally bought it oh but it's my it's a big ass rpg on the switch okay. and it was i think it was like 30 or 50% off and i'm like mm-hmm. hey, this is a nintendo game it's never going to be this cheap again i bought a, a dragon ball fighter z uh, yeah, mostly cuz my brother-in-law uh, john 
uh, bought it and mm-hmm. uh, it was like, oh, it's only 15 bucks you got it. I'm like, yeah, so I can play with you. I'll, I'll definitely end up sure. playing a little for, bit on that on the side and it's pretty fucking great. And for 15 bucks, how can you go mm-hmm. wrong? And then, man, I that bought is, the Deer God for a buck 50 and used all my coin, like a handful of my coins just to get it for free. And, uh, but yeah, and uh, more to the point of like good deals, uh, I know you did a bit of the Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of yep. like mobile Finally platforms, dip my toe in. Yeah. Uh, I did the same as well, just to do a few of the the games that we'll be talking about because they've been getting a lot of good buzz and uh, did manage to make my list. And that is just uh, I feel like is such a good deal, uh, not only just on a uh, like level you can get everything that you want. Uh, although I wish there was a way to buy some of that stuff. Yep. Uh, but for a family plan, that's only five bucks a month for a whole family that can enjoy everything that you can have on this uh, sort of platform. So if you have a family and the equipment to play it on multiple things like the apple tv or an ipad uh unfortunately for me my ipad was like a generation too late to get the mm, official sure. ios ipad update to get apple arcade so yeah i was a little disappointed when uh, my iphone 8 can do that but my ipad air cannot uh and the apple tv i have is just too old it would never play any of these games but right if you have all that equipment five bucks a month and a big family and you need some games that are pretty good uh, really good in a lot of ways. Uh, that is a exceptional deal. Yeah, let let's dig into that a little bit more because I think that's maybe the other big story of the year when it comes to mobile gaming is this uh, is this shift to subscription models. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo, not so much. I mean, they have their Nintendo Switch Online and their their NES and SNES games that now you can play and doing mobile um, games. Uh, I think the big deal will be one day they'll do a mobile game on like Apple Arcade. Sure. I think that'll be a their kind of their next big kind of move that would cause some. Yeah, ha- you have to imagine that it's coming in there, um, and and then even a game on like a Tetris ninety nine was mm-hmm. a was a Nintendo Switch Online game. Um, now I, you can buy it separately now, I think, but you still yes. have to have the subscription. Well, we'll be, to we'll be, be talking about it. Tetris ninety nine. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, I bet we will. I bet we will. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and then uh, Nintendo also, in maybe not as good of a way, uh, had their Mario Kart Tour subscription on the same day and, as uh, Apple Arcade. Yeah, <laughs> like, not not so good with the messaging there. But uh, but then yes, yeah, so then we have by Apple all accounts, Arcade. it's been doing fine, I guess. So yeah, Mario like, Kart. Yeah, on the the mobile device. Uh, I wouldn't not know as, not as that great game does like... not look fun to me at all. No, I have not played any of that because I saw that and was like, I, I played enough Mario Kart. If I want yeah. to play Mario Kart, I have the original Mario Kart on uh, SNES Online. So totally, uh, you, you've but, got that. You've got uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. game for the Switch. You can go back to your 3DS and play Mario Kart, Kart 7, Seven or Mario Kart DS. Mm-hmm. Arguably, maybe the two best Mario Kart games in the whole franchise. There, arguably, arguably. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, there's there's so many better Mario Kart games to play than Tour. So I, I, I might not play that. Dig out my um, N64 and put on Mario Kart 64. That's a good game. It's a good game. It's not the best Mario um, Kart though. But but, that's but Apple Arcade. So I agree with you that it is a good deal. Four ninety nine mm-hmm. a month is is not too much to ask, considering when you compare it to something like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and mm-hmm. HBO Max and iCloud, all of these other Apple Music, iTunes Match. It's, it's I, I kind of wish they want to just like consolidate and like if you want to get a big plan and at a discount i kind of would be like yeah i'm kind of cool with that so, so you're saying you'd like to get like some sort of package that has a number of these channels on it in like one thing 
and pay like a monthly price for it. Is that what you're saying? I'd like like some options like that is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> there's just so freaking many of them right now. Right. Like, I would subscribe to Apple News because there's a lot of like articles I want to read in a lot of newspapers, but I don't want to be bothered signing up for another freaking subscription. And totally. For like Wired or the New York Times or whatever. And, you know, being able to do something like pay five bucks a month and get unlimited things like that, that'd be kind of cool. But again, I don't want to like, I'm not going to, you know, that just seems too much for me at the moment. Like, you know, I just don't have the time to read all those articles and things exactly. like that. Exactly. The games and, I'm playing on Apple Arcade. Yeah, totally. Or the shows it, I'm watching on Disney Plus. So it, it really is like death by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. of, oh, they only want $5. They only want $10. It's it's not a, yeah. like, that's so cheap, right? And then you just think, okay, well, I've got my Giant Bomb subscription. I've got yep. my Patreons to this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Amazon Netflix. Prime. I've got Hulu, Amazon Prime. I, uh, like, oh, wait, you're actually giving up, like, 100 bucks a month just on all these subscriptions that you do, uh, some of which you barely even use. It's yeah. I, it, I think it, I am going to cut my Apple Arcade by the end of the month. Uh, yeah. Because I've heard if you cut it right away, it takes it, you know everything away mm. at that moment. Sure. Uh, so read that fine print. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think like later on, if I get a better Apple TV, get a better iPad, I might consider it again. I just wish there was a way to buy some of these games that you can get get on uh, totally. Arcade. That is that is absolutely my thought. In that there are a lot of these games, some of which we will be talking about in our top tens. At least mine, for sure. Mm. Um, that mine I, I love. Like these games are great. I I like these games a lot. Will I play them further than a month? Well, is it something that I'll keep coming back to time after time and after time? Like a game like Threes, or like mm. a game like Drop Seven, uh, or a game like Hold Down? Like, am, am I going to come? Light, you know, sure, exactly. Heavy. Am I going to come to this time and time again? And some of these games, you're absolutely not like they they're mm-hmm. they're not built for that. It's a it's a story based game. Done. You you finished yeah, and and that's it's great for the short term, but then how do those developers continue to make money? Uh, I think of a game like Assemble with Care uh, mm-hmm. that that came out this year. I don't know if we'll be talking about it later or not, um, but like that's that is such a, a a nice nicely packaged game. But you finish it, and then there's no real reason to go back to it at all. Um, so I feel bad for a developer who only gets a share of that money for the time that I play it and then doesn't get anything going on. Whereas another game, like a puzzle game that you can keep coming back to that. I mean, it's, it's like shifting Rhinestone, the kinds of games. Totally. You know, it, it's shifting, it. it's shifting the kinds of games that you're able, that you're probably going to see on Apple arcade going forward because those developers know that, well, I could make a mm-hmm. single game that a single story-based game that players will play for a month, or I can make a game that players can keep coming back to. And like that's, I want developers to have the freedom to make the games they want to make and also to be financially viable doing the, making those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's great that Apple Arcade to, to get on Apple Arcade service, you can't have any microtransactions that I think that's great. You're, you're getting rid of uh, a lot of pretty toxic kinds of games that are out there. Um, even ones that I like, <laughs> like uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which I like, but I also absolutely hate with a burning red hot. Are, are you out of the grip of Fire Emblem Heroes finally? Or Cur- uh, I wouldn't say finally, but I'll say currently I am out, and I feel pretty good about Every it. Every time I try uh, to get out, they keep pulling me back in. 
I I admit to keep checking every once in a while to see like, oh, who are the new heroes they added? Is there anybody <laughs> that I'd be super excited about? And so far, I can say I'm I'm happy being out, but I could totally see myself going back in at any time. I need to remain ever vigilant. Uh, anyway, uh, I think we've had a, a pretty good discussion here. There there is definitely uh, things to be excited about when it comes to uh, handheld gaming now and in the future. Uh, also, some things I, I would very much like to keep an eye on and, mm-hmm. and make sure that uh, they don't maybe slip into something a little more devious. Uh, I but, do want to ask, uh, what are your thoughts of, are yeah. you going to get the play date when it comes out? Because that's kind of a handheld kind of yeah. thing. Because I'm considering totally. it, I, like, I haven't signed up for the, like, the mailing list yet, but because uh, it's kind of pricey. But that does look like a very unique and cool kind of device. I am on the mailing list. I mm. as soon as as soon as they let me give them my money, I, mm-hmm. I plan to do so. Um, I, I think that's just a really cool idea and, and something I want to to um, support financially just to to show like that I'm in for these creative one-off things and and maybe it does turn into something bigger. It, it does have the ability. It sounds like to to be able to keep building upon it with mm. with new games from some kind of little service, um, but I do like the idea of hey you you give us this money right now we you get the system and we have this little subscription service but it's like a closed subscription of you're yeah. gonna get a year of games and here are some of the games that you're getting so you kind of know what to expect but then some of them are gonna be surprises they've got some good names behind it uh, yeah. I I think it's it's very inventive it looks great it totally fits in a pocket where as something like you mentioned uh, a traditional switch uh, doesn't doesn't really do that but if i have a play date with me that's something i think would be totally awesome and then mm. uh i forgot the name of it there's also the uh is it analog that's making it it's the it's mm-hmm. the the game boy the game boy yeah that i looks really 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 nice and yep. i just i have so many ways i could not only play my original carts but also put them up on a big screen and everything like that but man that that screen looks uh kind of gorgeous yeah totally like i i have a retron 5 and i mm-hmm. i'm supposedly able to put my handheld games in there see what you need is a gamecube with component cables <sighs> and an open source scan converter and yes. then put swiss on there <laughs> so you can run yeah. Game Boy. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah i need all sorts of stuff uh I mean, yeah um scar cables man scar cables hey i've got a super game boy like that's good okay. enough right what else I, do you I need? have a super game boy too that's what i, I also use i have a super game boy number two i need the, to get that i need to get that you don't because it doesn't I do work need to get that i mean it doesn't work on a console that you'll have it, it i only have, works a, I have super, two super famicoms please. jesus christ okay then you're more insane than i am please <laughs> please chase oh boy all right let's let's get into discussing yeah. our games of the year um and <laughs> but right actually, before we get to our let's top 10. yep let's let's stop real quick uh to talk about some honorable mentions um or for Things me at least get to yeah yeah at least like some some games that i feel bad just not putting on my list because they're they're ports now mm-hmm. you might have some ports on your list and that's totally fine yep i, I don't know why i have this uh this actually aversion. i don't actually i okay. don't i was gonna put on a port because it was a very special exception and there's mm-hmm. also another one that i wish i had time to play but haven't got to uh sure. I'll, I'll just say it right now it's uh the uh, uh one i haven't got to is romancing the saga 3 yeah mm-hmm. uh that has never come out in the uh the west uh the old super nintendo game uh that is a 
uh, old uh, JRPG series back from the Super Nintendo era, kind of known for being kind of hard and very kind of obtuse in a way. And uh, I was eyeing it uh, as it re- was released. Uh, it looks it looked, nice. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, uh, though I am not a fan of the the different font that they use for like kind of modern TVs, but that's just the way it is because you know it's HD screens nowadays. It does have some of that Final Fantasy yeah. on mobile kind of like hey the 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 text boxes are really or the high res look and too also clean. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's a preference thing. It still uh, looks the, it still looks nice, but yes, yeah. I, I do have some reservations like you. One I did pick up though that uh, didn't quite make my list: a collection of mana. The yeah. uh, uh, ports of uh, Final Fantasy Adventure that came out on the Game Boy, uh, which is a true handheld game, uh, but also Secret of Mana, and for the first time legitimately in the West, Trials of Mana, Second Sendesu 3. Uh, for the longest time, that was like a only you could get in Japan uh, and play in Japanese unless you dump the ROM, and uh, which what we <laughs> did with my friends back in college <laughs> was uh, play through its uh, emulators. Uh, but this is the first time you can legitimately get that game. And, but not uh, the last. But not the last either, because they're remaking it uh, <laughs> the same way they did Secret of Mana this year, I believe. Was it this year or a couple of years ago? Uh, I think that, that was a couple of years ago, the yeah. Sony one. And I, and I think it's more substantial mm-hmm. than that one, to, yep. to my knowledge. Yeah, they call it uh, Trial of Mana. Uh, it's interesting, uh, but I also, because I played a lot of Final Fantasy Adventure this time, uh, playing a fair amount back in the day because a friend had the cart and we would trade carts and everything. And I played a little bit of it and get lost and confused because that is a very obtuse game but i played a fair like a fair bit of final fantasy adventure and just absolutely floored me like for the kind of game it was that came out before uh a links to the past mm-hmm. on that handheld it kind of shocked me how good it is uh for what it can do and uh yeah i went and picked up the uh remake for game boy advance sort of mana uh to try out uh, and got to get to that as well too and a little surprised I didn't put that on there instead of, you know, this Game Boy version because sure. it looks a lot nicer, obviously. But, yeah, this is a, that was a very, uh, I think, a very nice collection, a very complete collection for those, uh, even though it doesn't have Legend of Mana for the PlayStation 1 either. I'm sure they're saving that. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to save that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I got a couple more. But uh, what, what's another one that you have either played or wish you had played? Sure. I, I did download that collection of Mana as well. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to find time to play all these giant RPGs. You mentioned yep. the Romancing Saga as well. There was another, uh, I believe it's a new Saga game, right? Saga Scarlet Edition, really? something or else. It's it's relatively new, and I hear it's getting really good press. Mm. Uh, so that's that's something to, to consider as well. Uh, for me, I, the, the game that I absolutely wanted to put on this list, that I, that I really wanted to play and just never got a chance to because it didn't come to a handheld system yet... Mm. And that's indivisible. Mm, yes, um, I'm waiting for that one. We we it's coming at some point. They've they've said it's coming. It's out for PlayStation and and other home consoles. But this is a game that I absolutely want to play on Switch. I think I will super dig it as a fan of games like Paper Mario with a with its kind of timing based uh, turn turn based but also timing based uh, actions. I think that'll that'll be pretty cool. Uh, and just I super dig the art style and and everything they're doing with that. Um, and then also, uh, there, there's a handful of games on uh, that aren't on my list, uh, not because I don't like them, but just because mm. they because they are ports, and and I just kind of feel weird about putting a game that that isn't actually new for 2019. It's just new mm. to handhelds. Uh, I think in the past I've fudged on that before, and and 
sometimes I'm okay fudging it, but for whatever reason, um, I thought I thought yeah, maybe not put these on. But games like Return of the Obra Dinn came to yeah. Switch. Still, Wish I had a chance to play that. I it's on my like wish list kind of. It's it's a super good game, and it's been a super good game. Um, <laughs> super Mega Baseball Two, which was mm. a game that I really loved last year. I think it's the best baseball game on consoles at all uh like, is that anything. on the switch now or it is now on the switch Ooh. um and it was i think it was 50 percent off uh during the Shit. like black friday Listen. cyber monday stuff i'm sure um, there'll be more sales for that though. <laughs> i so that was a game free uh games with gold uh on xbox and i played it there mm. i really liked it it was like well i usually play on my playstation 4 so i'll buy it there and then as soon as it or not as soon but when yeah. it went on sale here for the switch i'm like you know what this is the best baseball game out there and I would really like to play it on Switch, so I, I bought it there too. Uh, Holdown came to Switch. Uh, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's the best version of Holdown. I think you should probably just still play it on a phone. But it does have co-op multiplayer, which is a really interesting way of playing that game. Uh, and it does. It does come out uh, like if you if you have well for you with your Switch Lite, uh, it does. It still has the touchscreen, so you are able mm-hmm. to use touchscreen controls with that, and even turn it on its side uh, and play it play it vertically tape mode yeah yeah that's that's pretty cool um uh and then like <laughs> of course super robot wars v um was a was a port uh <laughs> came out you didn't somewhere. make your list you didn't make an exception for a so, super robot wars game so v uh was a port uh t was a new game that Uh, simultaneously came out for switch so you might hear more about that later oh i bet i bet uh but v is a game that that originally was on playstation 4 Hmm. uh, and and maybe vita as well and then is now uh, on on switch i I don't know it's some (laughs) japanese only thing i think um anyway the less said about super robot wars probably the better uh and then and then probably my overall number one game of the year honestly slay the spire Mm. Uh, i just feel bad putting that on my list because i'm surprised like i thought you would have that on your list Uh, it's been on pcs mm. in in years past 2017 i think uh, yeah 2017 i mean like it's that game rules. That, like, don't get me wrong. Again, like, mm. could probably be my number one game of the year. It's just, it just something, something in me is like, didn't really come out this year though. Yeah, I was tempted to yeah. get it on the sale, uh, but I passed on it because I was like, oh, I bet Chase is going to talk about it on game of the year, so I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that one right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, other games. It's a good thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to definitely get it because, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have more to say on uh, other card kind of card games in a bit, but. Uh, yeah, other games I wish I had time to play, like uh, some of the bigger Nintendo games that came out this year, Mario Maker 2, Luigi's sure. Mansion 3, uh, the remake of Le- uh, Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening mm-hmm. looked really good. My One of my friends actually got that game and saw him play a little bit. And, oh, that is a you know, it, pretty it might, game. It might get discussed later. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, paying 60 for that game that I can just... Totally I, can st- I still have so much fondness for the original and just can mm-hmm. pop in the... Uh, Link's Awakening DX copy I have, uh, but like other games that uh, I have uh, played that uh, just didn't make my list, uh, Piku Niku that came out uh, from a bunch of director, uh, different developers, uh, like uh, independent developers, but also uh, uh, published by uh, Devolver Digital. That is mm-hmm. a very very fun kind of adventure platforming kind of game. I have uh, it. I haven't played it though. It's it's kind it's kind of cute, but also like just a very quirky kind of humor. 
that is uh, isn't that the one that's like down with capitalism yes yes down with capitalism (laughs) uh always down for that uh and (laughs) uh like but like there's just a, a very quirky kind of humor to it as well too and uh it is uh just very charming kind of kind of reminds me of like a light kind of dizzy's adventure uh from back in the day on on the nes uh and like uh, was that on the amiga or something like that too but anyway uh yeah just a very uh cute i wouldn't say cutesy but uh, uh interesting kind of uh platformer puzzler uh that can also has a co-op mode that you can do puzzle platformers with another uh player as well too and yeah, that's uh, pretty much Piku Niku. Uh, was there anything else on your list uh, that you missed or wish you had more time to play? Yeah, just a couple things. Um, so like, um, <laughs> uh, I, I deleted that list. Um, <laughs> I'll remember them. It was uh, Guildlings. I, I played a little bit this mm. morning, actually, and a little bit yesterday. And I think that game is really cool. Has a really has a lot of style and, and uh, some really good personality. I just didn't get far enough in it to, to really know for sure. Uh, that's on Apple Arcade, but people should check that out. Hmm. Uh, I did burn through Cadence of Hyrule last night thinking it might make this list, and I and I should have played that game earlier yeah. this year. Uh, I think that game's really cool. Uh, I really like the addition of that fixed beat mode. Uh, so it's not... It, it, you can play it as a rhythm game if you want, or mm-hmm. you can turn on this fixed beat mode and play it as a turn-based strategy game. And I, I found it to be way more entertaining as a turn-based strategy game mm. but that game that game has great visuals really good music uh matt i think you'll totally dig it i wish and, i uh, had time to play that one too but uh, i have the original uh crypt of the necrodancer sure uh and i feel like i should play through that first uh yeah and uh for me like rounding out my list is just Wargroove. i wish i had more time to play that as well too i was really digging it and just kind of put it to the side and heard they were updating it and just didn't get into the uh like uh you know post update uh to check it out to give it a good fair shake but i really 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 dug the kind of uh advance wars inspired uh kind of uh strategy game to that with the fantasy style and a lot of different powers and things like that i was really hyped for it and and it came out and i played it and i kind of enjoyed what i played but i did kind of bounce off and uh and like you i was waiting for these patches and then when it got patched, I just never ended up going back. So I, that is something yeah, I should go back to. Yeah, too much came out. That's true. Uh, and yeah, then I also want to give that list. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I want to give one Sorry. one quick shout out for NeoCab, which I played. <laughs> uh, I played one of the nights in NeoCab. I, I don't know exactly how long that game is, but I just didn't feel like I had played long enough. It, it is neat. Uh, it's kind of this talking simulator. It's got a really good setting to it, um, and and explores some interesting issues just wasn't something i played enough of that i could go oh yeah that totally needs to make the list so it, it just yeah. kind of ended up getting left off yeah one i've heard a lot about that i wish i had time to play but uh yeah that's uh i think it's time to get into a top absolutely 10 matt why don't, why don't you lead us off and you tell us about your number 10 game of the year well my number 10 is a game that was one of my most anticipated of the year uh it is my friend pedro from dead toast entertainment mm, uh, publishing okay. from devalvo digital yeah and i do really 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 enjoy this game it is trailer a, of the year for sure absolutely <laughs> there's a whole video on that not by the developers but by uh, game makers tooltip toolkit 
that you should check out about making a, a trailer that's convincing and yeah yeah they definitely sold video. it with their mm-hmm, and their and their online presence which is where i found like because they were you know the developers were putting out like a lot of gifts of like the things you can do in this game and if you put in the time and the uh, know-how to learn the controls you can pull off a lot of cool just so much cool shit in this game that they uh, it's just it's more of a like time attack score attack kind of game so if you go into that thinking like okay this is you know just a breezy quick game well yeah it can be that but it can also be a lot of replay value in trying to go back and get more of those high scores getting good ranks on those kills and everything and linking up those combos and when you do that it is really cool uh it's just it can be a little bit of a steep learning curve to totally through that control scheme i never made it up that curve but man total respect for the people who who do uh that that's a game i like watching on youtube way more than i like playing just because uh, seeing the masters at work do that i like that's the game i want to see people speed run i want to see people do score attack and just see how how you can break that game but for Mm -hmm. me when i was playing i was like i just cannot wrap my head around these controls even though like even at a even at like a totally novice level you're still able to get through these levels pretty easily and still do some cool stuff but it takes it takes a master to really yeah. like totally float around i have the same problem with a game like uh, katana zero that might be on a uh, list just list that, of yours. that'll be coming up uh, a little okay. later all right well then i won't say anything but um <laughs> but i had a similar issue of like this this game is rad i wish i was better at it <laughs> yeah. because i because i'm not getting the radness even though i know deep down it is rad yeah, that was uh, like if you went back to our E3, uh, not E3, our uh, uh, PAX East, yeah. my correspondence, I did get to play both games at the Devolver Nintendo booth. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, I was surprised. Like I thought it like my friend Pedro would be like one of like a shoe in for kind of like game of the year for me uh, or like the very top. And uh, I played a little bit of Katana Zero and was very smitten by that. And the recent release date for that as well, too, from playing that. Uh, but I'll get into that more later. Uh, but what's your number 10? My number 10 is one I don't think I'm going to be able to talk about because it's going to come up on your list even higher, uh, but it's Tetris 99. So ah, let's, yes, yes. Let's, I will talk about Tetris 99 a little bit later. So let, let's just save that one we'll for later because uh, we'll we'll talk about it then. T-spin so it and, uh, and tuck that away for later. <laughs> nice. Very nicely done. What's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is uh, Untitled Goose Game from House okay. House. Uh, then I'm going to say you're going to have to wait now because it oh, shows up higher on my wow. list. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I just really enjoyed that game, and it is a very delight to, to play. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what's your number nine, then? My number nine is, uh, this was kind of a trend for all, basically, this is a trend for the year, in, mm. in, in my case, in that here were sequels to games that I absolutely love that just didn't, didn't quite hit me as hard as the previous games, even, even though they are sequels to some of my favorite games ever. Uh, just not not quite enough, even though they're still cool and solid. So my number Can nine is guess? go yeah go for it. Luigi's Mansion three. Uh, it's not. I actually. Ah, damn. I am not actually that much of a Luigi's Mansion fan. Okay. I, okay. No, I, I think it's more of just I haven't played those games enough to to become a fan more than I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number nine is Mini Motorways. Okay. Which comes to us mm-hmm. from Dinosaur Polo Club. Um, they they made Mini Metro before, mm-hmm. which is a like one of my premier phone games that I love playing. Um, when I got Apple Arcade, when I finally caved and did my free trial, 
this was one I knew I wanted to to get and is probably the game that would keep me on Apple Arcade for longer than a month because it is one of those games that you can keep coming back to and keep playing and keep trying. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really not surprised to see it show up on my list, uh, but because it is a sequel to a game I really love in Mini Metro, it's just not... I don't think it's quite as good mechanically. Mm. Um, it's like I, I looked up my mini Metro write-up from uh, from 2016's Game of the Year, and mm. basically everything I said about it is something you could apply to mini motorways, except take out the word train and put in the word cars. <laughs> um, it's it's I like a lot of what it's doing, but uh, the idea here is that instead of creating uh, subway lines from train station to train station you're now making roadways that go between um, houses and warehouses or malls or buildings, depending on mm-hmm. kind of whatever nomenclature you use. Um, but the idea is the same. You can still like pause the game at any time, erase everything that you've done, and rebuild everything out of, out of anything. You still go through a week. Uh, when you finish the week, you get an upgrade piece. These upgrades I found to be not quite as useful and interesting as in Mini Metro. Um, like there's a stoplight that you can get in here, but it seems to actively make the game worse uh, <laughs> instead of improving anything. It says it improves traffic flow, but every time I've used it and anything I've looked up online for tips have always said like, yeah, I don't see a way that this actually is useful. Uh, it just slows things down, mm-hmm. um, which isn't great. Uh, but then there are the, the titular motorways that you can also get in and those help to, to like funnel traffic a little faster. Um, and, and it's cool. It's it's like a, it's got a really nice art style. It's not like the hot, the the highly minimal um, mini metro, but it, it does have this nice simple art style to it, and uh, it's it, it's cool. It just it it's just missing a little something, uh, like where mini metro had the different areas that you went to, whether it was New York or Tokyo or these different places. They would have like little quirks to them, like Tokyo. You could one of the upgrades was the Shinkansen, the the bullet train. And so you could upgrade your tracks to be bullet trains, and then those would go way faster and be be way more effective. Um, this game just doesn't have that. It's uh, it's kind of every every place feels basically the same, except oh, the body of water is slightly different from mm. from Munich to Los Angeles, and it's like eh, it's not. There's only one kind of type of car that can like. Sure. Cars yeah. And trucks and buses and everything have a set speed. So totally. Like, I have like a bullet train. I, right. You're right. Through. And and I'm I've struggled to think of like what could be the special thing. And the one thing I have thought of, uh, actually, a person at Polygon kind of wrote it up, and something that might be uh, relevant to you in your uh, your mm-hmm. uh, New England style is uh, what do you call them? Because we call them we roundabouts. We call them uh, rotaries, like a rotary phone. Sure. Okay. I understand. It's wrong, but I understand. We call Ra- them roundabouts. We roundabout too. Rotary roundabout. It's all <laughs> there's the a same. Vid- there's a video game called Roundabout, so I'm going to say... There's uh, a song also called Roundabout, so... That's true. That's true. I, I can't think of a song called rota- uh, Rotary, so I think... I'm sure there is. <laughs> Probably. Um... Yeah. But yeah, yeah like uh, that would be a cool thing to put in there. Of mm-hmm. here's because you can kind of make them in the game; they just don't function like one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they look, they look like one; they just don't work like that. So maybe that would be a thing that hey, only this map gets these roundabouts, and and that would be a way of switching things up. But um, yeah, it just kind of feels like the same game every time you play. Whereas Mini Metro, it felt like there was a little bit more. 
um, a little bit more variety to things. So mm. I, I like mini motorways a lot. The problem is it's on a $5 a month uh, uh, subscription at this point, whereas yeah. mini Metro I own and could keep going back to a game that I arguably like a little bit better. So I love mini motorways. It's my number nine. But but ultimately, I'm kind of disappointed based on what came before, which is going to be a running theme. <laughs> Maybe uh, one I wish I had played because, but I just didn't have time. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'll have time with my uh, time with Apple Arcade. Totally. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I guess I'll just uh, jump into my number eight, uh, which is from a, a longtime favorite developer of ours, Image Inform. It's SteamWorld Quest, mm, okay, uh, RPG turn-based card game. I really, really, really enjoyed just the simple nature of this kind of kind of fantasy quest is what mm-hmm. it is. And uh, yeah, I, uh, there's not much to say other than it's that same kind of like kind of quirky humor that Image Inform does. They have like just some really sharp writing. And I just enjoyed the card battles that you do in this game. And there is some like some strategy involved with it that you can get some nice neat combos going and some different back and forth depending on what abilities you use in tandem with one of your allies. I just uh, liked the whole package of this and uh, it was just like kind of like card RPG style is not my forte, mm-hmm. but this made me think otherwise. I really was surprised how much I enjoyed SteamWorld Crest and uh, yeah, it surprised me a lot. Uh, so it's my number eight. There's there's some really cool stuff to it. I, I feel a little bit bad because I, I feel like Slay the Spire came in and kind of ate its lunch. Yeah, it's like this is this is how you do it properly. But I still there's a lot of a lot of things to love about uh, SteamWorld Quest. They like like you mentioned the story stuff that you just don't get out of a Slay the Spire. Um, the R- I mean Slay the Spire is a, a, a RPG roguelike, whereas this is more like a traditional RPG where you keep mm-hmm. building yourself. Very up. straightforward, totally based. Actually, uh, we'll have uh, one of my top all time merchants up mm, there with the Resident okay. Evil Four merchants. Yeah. Uh, just like the the way that they just show up and it's like yeah i'm here it's cool <laughs> uh i loved how i forget uh, i forget one of the the first characters you play as the knight uh she always like kind of narrates as the story goes on and then when right. something kind of like changes her viewpoint of the world and everything like don't meet your heroes kind of deal <laughs> uh and is just like i don't care about narrating anymore and then just get like get some inspiration like her friends around her uh, just a solid cast of characters as well, too. I just uh, love what they're doing with this uh, kind of... Uh, it's not even, like, connected to any of the SteamWorld games. Like, SteamWorld Heist is connected to SteamWorld Dig and uh, yeah. Dig 1 and 2 in some weird ways. But because uh, it's just, like, a, just a very, like, Princess Bride, a uh, father or grandfather narrating a bedtime story to their kids or grandkids. And, Sadly, uh, no Fred Savage. Yeah, no Fred Savage. You can't... <laughs> Can't all be a Deadpool remake of, of, a, of a movie, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just it's a solid game. If you can pick it up for cheap, you usually can find for fifteen bucks. I'm sure it'll be even cheaper, but uh, one of my favorites of this year, definitely. Who was your uh, go-to team? My go-to team uh, was, uh, like I said, I should have wrote the names down. Yeah, I don't remember the names either, but like mechanically, it usually depends on the situation. But because there's like some enemies where you'll use something and it will immediately make a counter to. Uh, so you have to mix it up, but uh, the uh, magic user that uses the shields yep. a lot, uh, especially 
using uh, like a combination of cards. If you use three of their cards in a row, you get a bonus, and she can put a shield on everything. And that's absolutely necessary in the entire playthrough. She never left. Not the entire playthrough because I will I will sometimes sub her out for another character I want to level up or want to try some different things with just to mix it up. Uh, But uh, yeah, like definitely having her in there uh, with all that 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 ability. Uh, but I like the changing nature of the uh, guy with the kabuki masks Yep, that can uh, change his style as he plays, and also the twins, but also the big guy that's also a tank and a healer at the same time. So and you course, basically just played with everybody. <laughs> I did. I did. That's kind of how I roll with, with RPGs. Because I, um, I switched out the main character immediately, as soon as I could, mm-hmm. and my crew basically the entire time was the the big frog tank robot, mm-hmm. um, the the magician and and the mask switcher like i just found that team to be pretty much unstoppable uh it just it had it had everything i needed it was mainly like about tanking and healing and and keeping up defensively and then just storing up attacks for the sword wielder who would just like change his mask go crazy on somebody and just obliterate the field and that Mm -hmm. was that was totally my thing but i mean the game does try to get you to not stay to one yeah, strategy, and you which can I do appreciate. force your way through with a team like that. Well, I like kind I of just mixing it up <laughs> in these kind of situations where it's like, well, what if I did this in this way? And, yeah. oh, man, this creates a combo that really obliterates this character. That's really neat. It's kind of like uh, a fascination I have with older-style turn-based RPGs like Final Fantasies, where it's like, yeah, you can totally just stick to one party and beat the whole game if you mm-hmm. really, really grind it out uh, or you know, just find a move that can exploit everything. I just like the experimentation of this and this really uh, at very like kind of base level. This is a good intro to kind of uh, turn-based games, I think. Yeah. Uh, although there will like, be a few fights that kick your ass. Uh, honestly, it probably is like a gateway to Slay the Spire if you wanted mm-hmm. to if you wanted to play play it that way. I think that's you gonna totally be next could. up on deck after yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, when that goes on, on deck. Again, nice. Check, yeah. On deck is a very exactly. very very well done, sir. Okay. What, what's your number eight? <laughs> My number eight, again, keeping to this trend, is Risk of Rain 2. Ah, yes. I, I love Risk... watching this at uh, PAX East when it was a kind of semi-announced. Man, I, I love the first Risk of Rain so much. I played it on my Vita. I played it on my PS4. I've played it on my Switch. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is an absolutely fantastic game. Risk of Rain 2, I appreciate that they tried something different. They It, it was not just... Uh, uh, it's not a safe sequel. It, they they went three dimensions with it. They, yeah, they, that's such a change from it's, the original. It is a huge change, and they've gone from pixels to polygons. Uh, and other than that, like the game is basically the same. A lot a lot of stuff carries over from classes to um, to power ups to the way that you play the game. But it is but just shifting it to a third dimension really changes things some for the good some sadly for the bad um it's it does it's so much easier to to avoid enemies here which is which is really helpful in a game that is throwing thousands of enemies at you over the course of a of a playthrough but also the aiming feels much harder so as as hard as it is to be hit it's also hard to hit other things um, I found myself using being drawn to more classes that that had auto aim attacks, like uh, I think it's the Huntress, um, mm-hmm. and she uses a bow that auto aims onto things, um, or or even melee classes because they like, they they're gonna hit because they're right there. But um, a lot of the gun classes, which is most of the classes, just felt a little tough because it was like I, I'm free aiming everywhere and I'm barely feeling like I'm hitting anything. Um, 
and then also just that that whole game is built around searching for a teleporter to take you to the next area which in a 2d world can only be in so many places but in a 3d mm-hmm. world uh, it felt like it was hidden constantly <laughs> yeah. to the point that i was just draining a ton of time looking for this thing and artificially making the game harder than it needed to be uh, and that's kind of that's kind of disappointing now i will say to be fair this game is not technically out or not technically done like the switch doesn't have early access but if it did this is this is it cuz like the, the game is literally not finished to the point that it doesn't even have an ending um it doesn't have a final boss fight to it you just but you get can buy it on the switch yes so you get through enough levels and then the game just kind of says cool do you want to sacrifice yourself and you say yes and then the, it says cool the, you win the, dead cells kind of thing yeah it's just start it's, over it's kind of disappointing because they 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 are saying yeah we're gonna have a final boss fight in there it's just not in here yet mm. uh, we yeah. have we have more classes that we're gonna add they're just not in there yet we have the artifact mode that was in the first game um it's coming soon and like yeah so it's like is this game done then <laughs> is it did it really come out i don't know it's 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 tough i'm i'm frustrated but at the same time it has a lot of the things that I really love about Risk of Rain in it. And I, I feel you get to that point, that kind of Binding of Isaac style, where you get enough power-ups that are stacking upon each other that you just kind of become an omnipotent god at some point, And you are just tearing through enemies. But then as the time keeps going on, the enemies keep getting more plentiful and keep getting tougher. And even though you're this omnipotent god, now, uh, nope, you're not you're not that strong anymore. There's still, like, it's this constant balance, and it's something that I find super fun with the game. Um, and, I, and I like playing it, but mm. kind of like mini Metro to mini Motorways, it's like, I kind of like the first game better. It's, mm. so even though What's this is... performance on it? It's okay. Like, it, it definitely gets to a point where there's a ton of stuff on screen, where it it starts to slow down and honestly i kind of like that where it's like oh yeah (laughs) i've got so many projectiles yeah i've got so many projectiles the game just wants to slow down and show me how cool this is Mm. uh but yeah i mean generally the performance is fine but it does get uh moments of slowdown um it does have co-op like the first game does i find the co-op to be pretty fun um it's it's a it's a good game it's just tough to tough to say I like it more than the original because the original again is like one of my favorite games ever. So yeah, I've heard that plenty on this podcast. So it's a number eight, sadly, for this mm. year. Where only number eight, where where uh, it should be like a number one or a number two, and it's a number eight, and that's that is disappointing to me, even though it's a solid game. It's mm. kind of just where I'm falling on a lot of these, sadly. Uh, Matt, well, you're number, number seven. seven. Uh, I came into this one late, but uh, Baba is you. That's my it's number my seven. Number oh, wow. Perfect Yay. <laughs> this, this game is really just such a treat of a puzzle game. It's fascinating. It reminds me of a, I can't remember. I was trying to look up the name of the game, but it reminded me of an old Logic game that was on uh, old Macs and uh, back in the game. But it uses kind of like simple logic. Uh, you uh, are this baba whatever mm-hmm. it is a sheep whatever it's a rabbit little, dog thing something and you can move around uh but you see these little blocks everywhere where they use a verb is a contraction and is the uh, classic game that you're thinking of mm-hmm. sokoban the the box moving stuff yep yeah uh, a boxel 
kind mm-hmm. of uh, sure. the, for if we're going like uh, Game Boy uh, games uh, back in the day. Uh, but using these like logic kind of uh, sentences, you can move things around and change aspects. So like a wall will say wall is stop. You can make it so wall is not stop. You can move that block away and pass through the wall. And wall to stop would mean like just the wall means that you can't move through it. So when you take, when you take away that now you're able to just freely move through walls because the, the logic of the game doesn't see walls as walls anymore. It doesn't see them. Yeah. It's so cool the way you're able to manipulate things where, uh, where in one hand water would make you sink and drown. But at some point you can just say, yeah, fuck that water. Yeah, it's, it's nothing to me. It's just a background element now. Yeah. Uh, and they, the, some of the puzzles will put these in like spices where you can affect them. It's a set rule. Right. Uh, but it, to me, it's just such a interesting kind of engine to do these different kind of things that it makes it like, man, there's some other things you could probably do with this, what they created here. Uh, was it uh, RV uh Takari was the developer. Uh, I'm sure he had a, you know, his, or they had a different team as well too behind them. But uh, that that's who I found was like credited with like developing the game. I do like the art style too. I feel like they could have like just simply done like a very solid uh, kind of art style with the uh, outlines of all the characters. But yeah, they made like... this kind of weird, kind of squiggly, almost not like like as wild as like Doctor Katz back in the day on Comedy Central, uh, like changing squiggly lines all the time with the animation but it's kind of like a very soft and also the music has this very like not even lo-fi just uh, just kind of like uh lazy kind of uh style to it uh very fascinating game uh i'm still playing through it because like i'm one of those guys i can't look up a puzzle like an answer to the puzzle i just keep at it and i finally figure it out it's like sometimes i'm just driving down the road and thinking about the puzzle (laughs) and then holy shit that would work and by the time i get home and try it i'm like that totally fucking worked holy it's, crap it's the baba effect yeah it is totally such a good game. i perfect it's, for the handheld too like it, just pick up and go play a puzzle uh gives you plenty of options to do you like you don't have to do every puzzle to advance but if you want to do every puzzle it's there for you i'm i'm just so bad at it <laughs> i am too uh, but i'm just soldiering through and enjoying like when you get a puzzle and like i've been stuck on these two puzzles and then i finally get one and you get through it's such a rewarding kind of feeling as well too with this game in a year with a bunch of sequels to games that i like or or even a bunch of games that feel like other games that i've liked Mm -hmm. this was derivative of something totally this was one of the few that really felt completely fresh to me and and i know we mentioned sokoban at the beginning and logic puzzle stuff but it's when you put them together like this it's such an innovative kind of thing uh it's it's really really cool the the kinds of the kinds of non-linear thinking that you have to do to to be able to solve some of these puzzles and and even some of these puzzles have multiple solutions if you just yep. think outside the box and try to be creative with some of these things it it can be using the uh text boxes to push an item to totally get it in reach or make baba is win or you is win to just win the game the, that that that, level. that is my favorite thing to it's do so is, cool. is like if i can just make myself win and then just instantly finish it uh like not to not to say that it's not derivative derivative of anything and then think of things that it's similar to but it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of a, a game like scribble knots where yep the like the world's kind of your oyster and it's it's really up to you to think of think of ways like be creative be outside of the box and and figure out a way to to solve these puzzles that isn't obvious 
and uh, and that's like an extra game in and of itself. Uh, but man, I I wish I was smarter so I could be better at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still crawling through it, but I think number seven is a good place on my list for that, and I guess on yours as well too. Totally. So why don't you just uh, keep going and tell me what your yeah. number six is? Okay, so yeah, my number six uh, is another Apple Arcade game. Uh, well, at least my first Apple Arcade game. It is What the Golf mm. from Triband uh, developers. And I'm not sure if this made your list or not. Didn't uh, make my list, but it's... Not it's, quite? It's, yeah, I didn't play enough of it. That's the problem. I, I think there is like a certain... like, uh, And I'm going to probably get to another game, although I think you did finish it uh, a, little, a little second here, but uh like you just have to stick with it kind of uh because it does uh start off very wacky and then it even goes further from there there are times when i am just busting a gut laughing at this game at the absurdity of how far they take it with some of these a lot of just references to other video games you see Mm -hmm. uh not to spoil it but like aspects of uh, say desert golf obviously is a sure. one that they uh, harp on for a second there and the, make there is homage. a there is a super mario brothers world mm-hmm. one one in there there's of course. a flappy bird yes uh there's a part i don't want to spoil unless okay. you already got to it but uh i just i think i'm on continue. like the second like you okay so you got just a little bit further to go but there okay. is just like uh have you ran into a toaster yet no i can't say that i have okay you when you run into a toaster go to the right i think all right and you might have just like just a moment with this game because it just 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 the absurdity that keeps going frogger is another game that you run into almost in a boss battle like there are boss battles in this game too (laughs) Uh, in a a golf game yes it's uh i still haven't played it but uh frog fractions i hear a lot as mentioned uh, this kind of absurdity of like how like how far can you take a golf game mm-hmm. uh and it's like well add bowling no no we go further and uh yeah i just i i'm considering like just keeping apple arcade so i can play this game a little bit more because yeah. it, uh, it is com- a fair bit amount to it and it I is on other stuff all though of it. right like mm-hmm. i think it it's coming to switch or maybe it's on switch i hope it's coming to switch it is on pc i just okay. don't have a way to buy it on steam and right. it on a computer that would play it uh well enough uh maybe someday but uh yeah that uh i just if you have apple arcade definitely check this one out it is just it's very simple but just it's just so f- fucking hilarious <laughs> i had so much fun just laughing at all the absurdity of this uh and just playing just some levels it's uh and there is some challenge too like you can uh to, to advance you have to clear a hole but you can also go back to that hole and like do a mid-tier kind of uh challenge usually a par set and then do something another to get a crown and sometimes that thing is even more absurd like you're a an exploding barrel that has to get to the the goal that has rocket boosts and it's like you can go through this course or you can just go around it that's cool uh, but yeah, uh, just uh, for the absurdity, it lands at number six on my list. Yeah, um, uh, looking it up, it doesn't look like it's on Switch yet, but it's it'd be a good fit for Switch. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it, it's listed for Switch. It's just not. It doesn't look like it's out quite yet. Uh, it, it should easily easily fit on the, that uh, kind of system. The Nintendo page says it's available 2019, so hopefully before okay. before it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's incredible how. 
they keep finding ways to tell the same joke again and again and again and it continues to still be funny it is it is really an impressive piece of work like that and and i think my favorite part of the game is whenever you actually do finish a hole it always has a word or phrase at the end that is just sometimes like sometimes they repeat but it's yeah there's the, like i said that one level i got to you might be in stitches over because right. it's just like what what the shit is going on here but like those those words and phrases are just like nice little punctuations that mm-hmm. either just like finish the joke or they explain the joke in a way mm-hmm. at the end Very that's always so. good uh my i wouldn't say it's my favorite but i think it's a really clever version of this is uh, there's a there's a hole where you uh, try to hit the ball and instead of hitting a ball you actually hit like a big chunk of dirt that has yeah a hole you're a flying divot yeah you're but you have there's a hole in it uh, in this so you were actually hitting you the, the quote-unquote the hole and then you hit it into this big chasm that's shaped like a number one and when you hit it in of course it says hole in one like, yeah. Uh, yeah all right that's good it's good they're all they're there all good like it's it's kind of like mario galaxy where you're in space oh, and Jesus. hitting balls to use gravity around uh like celestial objects and using their gravity to trick shot into hitting the flag that's great uh, just, just like every like you think like okay they can't take it this any further <laughs> this is this the running joke oh no we're going we're still going holy crap that's that's I'm impressive. still laughing so that is yeah, uh, one i wish i just could buy just straight up just yeah just, you know just five bucks ten bucks whatever just straight up buy but it's on it's on steam if you really want to buy it right well now i guess i have this this choice of whether i want to keep playing it on apple arcade mm-hmm. Or or wait until Switch and then play it all the I way. I think I'm gonna there. wait till Switch. I might I might do that. It feels good on a phone though. Uh, I, unlike it does. unlike some of these Apple Arcade games, like a like a game like Gilding Guildlings that we talked about, um, mm-hmm. kind of in honorable mentions. Like that game doesn't really feel that good on a phone, in my opinion. Uh, I, I got another one coming up very soon that doesn't feel okay on. The, it feels all right on a phone, but okay. I uh, would have liked to play it on other systems, which I could, but you know. I'll say that in just a little bit, but what what is your number six? My number six, uh, you might have this on your list from the way we talked about it earlier, but Assemble with Care is my number six. Uh, it's not on my list. Okay. Just, uh, uh, I'm sure you'll explain a bit more, but I found that game to be very charming. Uh, just very, very uh, kind of basic. Uh, basics too, too harsh of a word, I think, because there's a lot of care to this yeah. game. Totally. I mean, it is. Uh, I think it's a game about simplicity, though. It's it's not it's not going overboard on mechanics. It's not going overboard on the story. Everything is just very um, has a very light touch to it. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's something in one of our uh, <laughs> failed recordings uh, that we did earlier. But it's it very much <laughs> feels like this year's Florence, and. Yep. Uh, it, for good reason like it's it's a great game that people should play it's a it's an experience kind of game where you go into it and there's a story being told here and it's really well done uh Mm -hmm. well executed and and then you do get these points in the game where you have to fix certain things you are you're kind of this freelance fixer who just uh picks up arrives in this town yeah you arrive in this this foreign town and you um are just trying to find little odd jobs to kind of keep yourself going and then you discover things more about like people's lives and and help them out but um the the core game is you fixing things so you like taking apart these these little 
these little puzzles really but they are yeah. they are all these kind of like little mechanical things like a here's a rotary phone uh, rotary so hey you got that one Matt. there you go <laughs> um but like you you have to take your screwdriver and unscrew the little screws and then you pull off the the casing and then you can and i like the haptic feedback too of like unscrewing the phone totally uh, unscrewing the uh, you know screws and everything and twisting it you get uh also just like you know the assembling of those uh and fixing them you get to toy around with them like mm -hmm. there's one that's like a ds game boy sp or game and watch kind of style cart game that you fix for a little girl izzy uh during the story and then you get to, you play through the game for a little bit using the touch controls on the like the d-pad and just a single a button but totally uh, or yeah. a record player that you fix uh or a projector uh for some slides uh, for a couple of characters. All, and I just like the entire package of it as well, too. It's just really well done. Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty simplistic, but it just, there's a there's a real relaxing quality to playing a mm -hmm. game like this. And it all feels extremely good on a touch device. This is by us two games, the the makers of um, um, the, the Monument, Monument Valley. Valley. Thank you. Um, so like they they know their way around a phone and this is absolutely mm -hmm. in in that, that kind of uh, feel. And it's great. It just yeah, it's a wonderful follow up to that. Uh, but just like in a like a in a world with Florence, I feel Florence just had such a nice combination of the the style of the game as an interactive story mm -hmm. that also used the phone quality, you know, the qualities of an iPhone very well. Uh, like there's nothing like the moment where Florence meets like her boyfriend, and it's like using the music and the gameplay elements to make it such a like a, a very memorable scene or mm -hmm. things like that it just this feels like just it's just such so well done like uh i remember i uh, heard you on the casual hour mention like a lesser studio would just do the fixing stuff right like it'd just be like an i spy game like oh here's a few things to fix this way they made it like a story with characters you actually really kind of care about towards the end of it uh especially the main character and how she's trying to fix her relationship with her parents as well as a kind of an ongoing theme uh, and I feel like this would be like uh, a better, better game for kids than a game like Florence, because yeah, like Florence is just a bit more about maturity and like relationships and things like that. This is about inspiration, vocation, uh, relationships between family and sisters and things like that. Yeah, I mean there is there is some some more mature themes though of of mm -hmm. not wanting to disappoint your own parents or how to be a good father, um, and I, I think some of those things are are really good here. But yeah. but kind of like you're saying. In a world that already has a game like Florence, that I think does the the interaction on phone plus a story, maybe better than than this game mm -hmm. does. Um, I would say pay the the five bucks to play Florence instead. Yeah, uh, just better overall, like gameplay, music, story, presentation. But this is still like a with care still really 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 good right so even though it's not a sequel uh, like a lot of these other games on my list it's a game that it's like it's really good it's a storybook game it's and just, it's just it's yeah. an interactive storybook game it's like one of those things like yeah this is what makes games a little bit different than just reading a book like uh like night in the woods can do you know you could try doing that as a choose your own adventure, but as a game, it fits just so much better yeah. than just trying to do a narrative, straight linear narrative. Yeah, it, it's it's a very solid game. But yes, if you only had to pay, if you had to pay four ninety nine for something, I would say Florence is probably the better choice. Mm -hmm. uh, but Absolutely. it's it's still extremely good. And if you're already an Apple Arcade subscriber 
or you want to try some stuff with your free if month. If you have kids, this is a good, like, you know, play a couple chapters at night with your kids before they go to bed and can, like, actually, like, you know, use an iPad. Uh, I play this on an iPhone, and I wish I kind of had a bigger screen for mm-hmm. some of the touch aspects of it, but it still works wonderfully yeah. uh, on a phone game. It, it's absolutely worth playing, for sure, um, and and it, it's good. It's my number six. It's just... Yeah. <sighs> Man. All right, Matt. Number five. We're in the top five. We're in the top five. Number five is also another Apple Arcade game. Uh, It's Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm, Okay. Let's talk about it. I was absolutely smitten with this game. Uh, It's it's your kind of game for sure. It is absolutely 100% (laughs) this my kind of game. Uh, I heard you talking about it on the casual hour. I don't think it's going to make your top 10 uh, this year. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's. A little bit like a rhythm game. It is uh, also on Switch. Uh, kind of wanted to try it on Switch. Did you try it on Switch yeah. or did you try it on Apple? I Apple? only played it on Switch. So how is it with a control stick instead of... Because this uses pretty much touchscreen, although you can play it on Apple TV with a controller. Or I can stick up a controller now. Right. I, I wasn't going to do that, though. Not having, not having played it on a phone, I can't say whether it's better. Uh, I will say that from a gameplay perspective, I still didn't feel good about it i didn't feel Mm. like i was snappily getting the the different rhythm parts done and Mm -hmm. and i think honestly i think that might just be more of a fault of the game itself where the i think it's dealing more with memorization of where yes sort of trails that you have to follow because it's very pretty much like a straight track rhythm game where you are almost like a runner you're pretty much going forward the whole time and you move left to right maybe do a different thing uh there's a little bit of like an elite beat agent kind of especially playing on the phone, you tap where uh, the moment happens uh, in a few scenes that sort of like are a battle. Yeah, I'd, I'd say and... more than more than other kinds of rhythm games, it's one that really, I wouldn't say trial and error so much because you can still get through these levels oh, yeah. without, without completely 100%ing them, but it's a game that relies way more on memorization than, mm-hmm. than other games. Like I would think like a rock band it's even though the, that song is going to be that song every single time, maybe harder difficulties will add in mm-hmm. extra notes, but like the song doesn't change. But at the same time, you don't have to memorize exactly, I guess, unless you're on the incredibly crazy difficulties, but like you can just play, you can be good at the rhythm game and just play the rhythm game and mm-hmm. not, and not know what's coming at you. Whereas in a game like this, you need to know, okay, uh, I, for the first three seconds, I'm like getting on this side of the level because it, it feels like that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 bonus level. And now I need to like zoom over to that part of the level. And yep. then, okay, now there's going to be a hard switch at this time. And now I need to know, I need to immediately go to the right because now there's a thing on the right. And it's just so much memorization to it. It doesn't, I, I, I don't think this is a good rhythm game, but I think this no, is I an extremely good rhythm game. It's an extremely though. good package though of, visuals and sounds and story Mm. all of that stuff is incredible i just don't feel like the underlying game is fun enough to really hold the rest of it up yeah i got you because like i yeah i don't really see this a rhythm game although there are a few moments in the game where there is like i was getting into the rhythm and it did help me there's that part where you uh face off like there's there is a bit of a story too it's about a character who is heartbroken Mm -hmm. like literally heartbroken like all these different aspects of her gets shattered and she has to go and collect them as these tarot cards and uh there's this one part where you're playing against the twins the gemini kind of i love uh, i love and the they're twins. snapping and they snap and they give like this parallel 
track every time they snap. And then later in the level, if you just go with the groove and go click, click, back, forth, back, forth, and follow the track, and you know you can just easily get through it doing it that way. Uh, yeah, the music by Daniel Olson, and uh, it was uh, uh, Liana Olson uh, as well, a different Olson. It's O L S S O N instead of O L S E N. Okay. Uh, but the the soundtrack is just this amazing kind of uh, electronic pop kind of a few tracks remind me of like FAK Twigs uh, FKA Twigs kind of thing uh, but uh, yeah just uh, if you have Apple Arcade just definitely play this through you can get through it in like just a couple of hours it's not exceedingly difficult like I got bronze silver a handful of silver and yeah. gold on a couple of those I think I got there one gold it was in this too it's it's a really cool thing to play through for sure to just experience man it just always kept me on my toes and like just the different aspects to go there and just the music it's just as a presentation yeah definitely just playing through it just creeped up to my number five and and queen latifah can't can't forget her exactly She's... my queen <laughs> uh she she does a good job as the narrator in that game mm-hmm. uh all right my number five is one that was on your list uh further down so this is the time for us to talk about it that is untitled yeah. goose game so for, for me uh, uh, like good one uh, uh like assemble with care untitled goose game it, it doesn't hang its hat so much on uh the mechanics that it has other than like it's more about what it chooses to do with them and mm-hmm. and i think Goose Game is so interesting as as a true sandbox for you to play around in and and just try things. And there are no fail states. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing that's gonna. Uh, like it, the worst that can happen is something resets itself. Um, yeah. And you're never you're never really punished, which is something weird for a game that is basically like stealth games in a lot of senses it is it's Uh, very much like hitman especially modern day right but it's absolutely not like a splinter cell which is like oh you've been seen game over and like oh well shit the violence obviously sure it can still be a total asshole and a dick to people totally like it's and it is hilarious it's i love the like aspect of that game where it's kind of like a sandbox (laughs) that you just try to figure out what the logic and the tools and the parameters are Mm -hmm. And then how are you going to like mess around with that and like, oh, what is, what if I do this? What if I uh, take the gardener's keys and then hide them and then take something where he's let out of the garden and then close the door behind right. them you, and then take the keys and go in through a secret entrance. You completely lock him out. It's great. Like it, you are. And laugh at him and honk and uh, laugh at you're him. You're absolutely an asshole in this game, but it's like from the interactions that you have with people, you're more of like a nuisance. Uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're like a minor annoyance or or even like this lovable asshole in a way where the town the town's people don't don't seem to be extremely bothered by you you're not malicious you're just kind of a dick (laughs) and you just gotta get that bell it's great uh the the ending of that game i think is really fantastic i don't want to spoil it reminded me a lot of like assassin's creed the first assassin's creed was like once you do your big assassination you have to run back to the safe house and the entire city is after you uh, and you have this this bell that you are just like the only hint you get is like you see this pit of bells. I'm like, hmm, I guess that's might be the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this like smaller town. See, uh, I, I forgot town. about it. Like I, I and, didn't even think about it. And then when you mm-hmm. get back to it and you go, oh right, that's that makes sense. It, it almost gets to like a limbo style of game, mm-hmm. uh, which is is interesting and, and fun, but. Yeah um it's it's just a nice thing to poke around in 
and it's it reminded me a little bit of dark souls in a way with the way that the world kind of interconnects where there mm-hmm. you just end up finding little shortcuts to things yep. and and then the world kind of opens itself more up to you it's it's really interesting i've seen i've seen people try to kind of say like yeah it's not really doing anything that interesting I though disagree. and I, like on one hand i i kind of get the argument that it's i mean it's not doing anything super innovative it's more but just it's a that toy. it's yeah it's a toy it's a play thing it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not this game that's meant to be uh, a challenge it's not it's it's for discovery like like you like get like picking up one of the walkie talkies mm-hmm. and then realizing oh i can hawk into one of them and then honk it like drop this off and just freak somebody out for a second absolutely does that do anything no not for like completing <laughs> the game it's just fun to experiment this is definitely like a game where you can just like a sandbox just experiment with things and when people say oh it's not really a sandbox game like no it kind of is it's exploring how this world works what you know your parameters are and how to just you know you get vague hints on what to do next Mm -hmm. and then you just progress forward yeah like you get these prompts that say find find your way out of the garden or make make the gardener wear his sun hat and Mm -hmm. that's all you get and you just have to kind of think about how how could i potentially do this like the the gardener is tall and i am a goose so i can't reach Mm -hmm. his hat so I need to find a way to bring him to me. And there's a couple different ways to do it. And it's, uh, I guess I'll spoil that because it's really a really early part of the game, but I think it's a really important thing to, to show the kind of interesting, cool nature of this game. On, on one hand, you can steal a rose out of his garden. and Or it's a tulip, I think. And, yeah, toes uh, and flat. And he... <laughs> or a carrot or you know, whatever. Uh, so you steal this and you make him chase you. And then you just put it down. So now he has to pick up the the flower and then go back to the garden. And he he gets on his hands and knees to pat the soil down and to put it back there. And so now when he's on his hands and knees, he's down to your level. You can grab his hat and run. And when you do that, and if you get away, then he has like to throw it in the water. Right. <laughs> like an asshole. He's got to go put on a different hat. And he puts on his sun hat. Mission accomplished. Or... What I did was uh, he, uh, at one point, there's a, a sign that he puts up if you annoy him enough that is like, hey, no geese allowed, which no, the, no geese allowed. The, the geese are really going to read for sure and care about for sure. Um, but as he's, as he's putting that sign down, he's uh, like trying to hammer the sign down into the ground. And if you honk at just the right time, he ends up hammering his own uh. thumb. And when he hammers yeah. his own thumb, he kind of... Uh, cartoonishly spins around and then falls and he falls through a gate that actually opens up a new area for you yeah that opens up the next area but he falls on the ground and now he's laying down and it's like okay well now i'll just take your hat and i took his hat and i ran didn't think to do that shit and because he's already dazed from being on the ground he doesn't chase you after that so it's much easier to get away it's it's that kind of discovery of there's all sorts of different ways to do things it's it's very cool i i found this game Mm -hmm. to be really really fun and really interesting uh it's it's a it's a cool game and had good memes. So many good memes this year with the goose. Good goose memes. Vote labor, I guess. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, that was... I will I will say uh, points for accessibility. Could you read cursive? Uh, I I could, but but yes, it's. But some I know I have friends that went to the same elementary school where we were taught <laughs> to read and write cursive. He can no longer read or write that's, cursive. That's fair. Cursive is. 
unnecessary. I, I like it in a but it, it's, flowery it's way. It's part of this at games aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Uh, I had no trouble reading it because. But you, but I, you can. I was just taught, but you can turn that off. And that's nice mm-hmm. that you can just turn that off. Uh, and in a year with uh, a lot of games like uh, The Outer Worlds with tiny, tiny ass text, or mm-hmm. Death Stranding with tiny, tiny ass text, and asking you to hold a thousand different buttons as you do things. Um, a game like Untitled Goose Game is is very easy for people to just pick up and, and play, and that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was number nine on my list. Uh, I just, like, it's kind of very, very short, and once you do everything, even though they added daily challenges and things like that, you kind of seen everything, mm-hmm. but it is it should be experienced uh, by everybody. It's such a, I find fa- a fascinating game. And even when you do, quote-unquote, finish the game, it just opens up bigger more expansive challenges for you where that too, it, yeah. it just gives you a prompt of like oh well now you have to you think about it was or i can't remember one off the top of my head but the idea is maybe i would have to take a carrot from the gardener and then take it two areas away yeah. uh to put it in uh, some some convenience store or something like that um so it just expands the challenge for you and and makes you even be more inventive in the way that you do things it's it's really really cool Okay, Matt, down to our final fours. Final four. Uh, well, my final uh, number four is a little game called Ape Out. Okay. Where you play as an ape yeah. who needs to get out. Uh, it is pretty much just a top-down, very stylized, very hyper-violent uh, game. As I said, you play a big uh, kind of gorilla that needs to get out of wherever he is. First, you start in kind of a laboratory but it expands from there too. It, what I found really, really interesting, and this is uh, by uh, Gabe uh, Cusillo, I believe is uh, the developer, uh, you know, the pretty much the one of the head guys behind it. <coughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty much just top down, like a uh, Hotline Miami <coughs> twin stick kind of game where you are uh, trying to uh, escape from a place. You have like three hits. There are definitely like guards around that will shoot you if you can grab them you have a grab and you have a push uh the way to defeat enemies is either to grab them and have them the you know if they have a gun they will shoot once so you have a chance to shoot at another uh, character and take them out or you can push them into another character or into a wall and they pretty much die in a very glorious it's uh, a art style color palette that's very neon Mm -hmm. and very uh like uh very fluid as well too uh, but the other unique thing is the, uh, and we didn't mention this about Untitled Goose Game, but it has a very dynamic soundtrack to it as well, mm, too. Yes. Uh, like, uh, I remember on the Devolver Digital, uh, right after the press conference, they do a bit of a live stream show uh, that's kind of very Eric Andre inspired. Uh, it's on but, brand uh, for them. They had, yep, yep. But they had a uh, playthrough of uh, Ape Out and had live drums <laughs> going to... <laughs> the uh the playthroughs so every time you kill an enemy there's like a loud crash of the cymbal or you know as you're running there's a bit of a drum it's very jazzy if you ever watched the movie birdman with uh, uh michael keaton mm-hmm. there's a very uh, heavy drum jazz uh, uh soundtrack to that this is very much the same but all the actions you do like running around you just get a very like like tom and then you run to an enemy and the pace picks up the tempo picks up and if you grab something you just throw them you get a big 
Crash of the Symbol. If you li- if you like the uh, opening theme song to Cowboy Bebop, uh, I think this tank, game is. Yeah, I think this game is kind of up your alley. <laughs> it's pretty much all drums, though. There's not much other sure, instruments sure. to it. Like Until Goose Game was very much like piano. That would also vary. Like you'd steal something in your running, you would get that piano uh, uptick in the tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it's mainly drums that, uh, and the other sound effects that you have around too as well. Uh, and it plays also kind of like um, uh, Sword and Sorcery, the uh, aspect of a record. There are different sides, so you get through the first level, it flips over to side B to complete the rest of it. So, so tell uh, me, and then you get to another record and does something else as well too for the level tell, uh, setup. Tell me more about the the kind of levels after the the um, the laboratory part because I played this at mm-hmm. I think it was PAX Prime in Seattle. A, a, a while ago maybe a couple of years ago and really liked it there but all i played was that very beginning and my mm-hmm. worry was that this is cool i do not see how this continues or expands onto something more and so i unfortunately didn't end up getting it and, and playing it on switch this year when it came when it actually did come out mm-hmm. but just like, what what happens after how does it expand Where, how did you find the game over time so, like, the next kind of record after that, uh, to give an example, you're in an apartment complex. So, to get down, uh, like, there is a, like, sort of, like, to get to next level and next level. So, you're not, like, starting all the way at the beginning. Uh, you get through a door. It's usually, like, a green door, like a passage, passageway. If you die, then you get set. That's your checkpoint. There's a uh, next level, like, kind of uh, stage after that or, you know, whatever you're going down floor by floor. So you start on like, I guess, was it floor 50? So you have to go down like, you know, five or eight floors Mm -hmm. and then you get your checkpoint and continue on. And then suddenly you have to cross like a, uh, uh, sort of a scaffolding to get to a side building that's under construction. So it kind of changes the, uh, kind of the color palette always kind of stays the same though. So like, you know, the apes always orange, bad guys are always a different color. Uh, but you also have, like, in this uh, level, like, enemies coming through windows. Okay. And can also push them out windows and have them fall on the ground. Uh, so it mixes it up that way. There's, like, there's a couple surprises along the way that kind of mixes it up. It's just, like, the, for me, it's just the presentation again, the style of this. It's very much like Hotline Miami, but you're a big gorilla. Right. That is just wreaking havoc and has got to get out, man. He's got to get out. <laughs> It, it's my number four. it's one of the best styles of the year for sure uh, in a in a year i think with a lot of incredible art styles this is this is one that's that's right up at the top speaking of games with incredible art styles my number four matt is the legend of zelda Link's awakening mm. remake remaster hd whatever the hell yeah, yeah, they're they're not giving it a, uh, a kind of subtitle thing like that so i guess i won't either um this game's good matt (laughs) i've seen my friend play it because i told him hey you should check out uh this uh e3 video of a new favorite game of ours Mm -hmm. Uh, because we both uh, both had it back in the day and really really enjoyed the original awakening that and that original game is is already a classic that that really Mm -hmm. didn't need to be messed with um, I'll admit to never having finished the original game. Uh, I, I came into it a little bit late. I actually played the Oracle games before I played Link's Awakening, which mm. the Oracle games are absolutely inspired by and and take large oh, chunks of, of gameplay from. Um, 
kind of hard when yeah. you only have uh, a d-pad and uh start selecting two face buttons sure yeah it's yeah not a whole lot of not a whole lot of options there but it's no. they they it's a brilliant game for sure and the remake i i tend to think is pretty much just as good uh it's been a little bit contentious uh the main thing is the frame rate which mm -hmm. is not great for sure uh, i don't think it's super noticeable it really only shows up when you go between uh large areas if, like if you move into the into the main town or out of the main town you're going to get like a tiny bit of slowdown and then it's going to show back up mm -hmm. and, and be fine it it's just kind of a bummer because the game even though it's gorgeous is a very stylized kind of gorgeous and it doesn't feel like it should be that intensive so it, it's a bummer to see that it is taking a toll on the on the system for some reason i think like we didn't talk about it in like our state of the year kind of thing but i think the switch is kind of due for like just a, a bump up in performance like it needs to stay current with a lot of some of these games, like even my friend Pedro, kind of like there were moments where it kind of chugged for a bit, even though you can use yeah. slow down that game as an ability. It it feels like, and you said with uh, Risk of Rain 2, mm -hmm. I, I feel like if it wants to keep its feet in the game with a lot of these independent games coming out, and, and some kind of like Witcher 3 came out this year, it needs that bump in performance. Uh, I, I, but... I, I... I would tend to agree with you. I think that's a hard sell for Nintendo after they've had multiple consoles that they've mm -hmm. kind of tried to half refresh a little bit. I think of like the new 3DS mm -hmm. and how, yeah, it's it's nicer for a couple of load times. There are a couple of exclusive games, but other than that, it just they they had such an install base that they didn't feel like they could really go full full in and say okay seriously these games are only going to play on this new hyped up half step mm -hmm. kind of version um but but yeah I, I think i think they they're in a better spot to do it right now with with something like the ps4 pro and the xbox one x nintendo could absolutely yeah. make a switch pro or a, a new switch and and i think that could i think that probably makes sense when when the newer PlayStation and the newer Xbox are on the market when, when those next generation of consoles come, I could see Nintendo saying, Hey, we'll, we'll half step up, half step up too. So you can use some of these things, but yeah. Uh, it's, the same friend yeah. who bought this game, when I mentioned, did you notice any of the slowdown hitching like that? And he's like, what are you talking about? No, but, but he doesn't play. Sure. Like, he skipped the 3ds and hasn't played anything since like the Wii intensively. Uh, for a long time the switch has been like his go-to machine for a while now and, and to that point like yeah. i like i noticed it but it didn't it, it wasn't it detrimental detriment. yeah mm -hmm. it, it was still playable it's still fine uh and, and a lot of the other things in this game that are different from the original is just a lot of quality of life stuff uh mm -hmm. it's not it's not so rigid screen to screen to screen which on one hand is is kind of was built into the game built into the original game with with mm -hmm. some of those uh some of those things so it can change the way you play a couple of things but for the most part it just feels like a a much bigger more open adventure and you do get back to that kind of tile system when you get into the dungeons uh those are those are still kind of that classic Link's yeah. awakening style but um but in the the overworld just feels a little bit more breathable and and that's kind of nice because that's that's what an overworld should feel like it, it should mm -hmm. feel 
more open and inviting. That's one of the best on overworlds too, I think. I I agree. It's just so well contained and has so many secrets and puzzles that fit together. I love the aspect of trying to find the keys in those games to unlock the dungeon, like literally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, some of my favorite puzzles are just the overworld ones. Uh, I do like the dungeons too, but yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, the, uh, like if this was built from the ground up on the Switch, it'd be very different because those dungeon designs are very minded in the Game Boy kind of like the way the game boy hmm. is the hardware works yeah uh, i, I mean I heard. they definitely function like the game boy ones do but i, I don't I, I think they're still mm. incredibly well done puzzles and oh and, yeah no no dungeons. i agree with that too yeah um, it's just I, uh, you know compared to something like uh, uh link between worlds for sure and that absolutely. you know that dungeon style is very different from what was on the original game boy uh kind of that style of zelda games right it's like i i just really enjoyed this game and as somebody who who stopped partway through link's awakening when i played it uh, much later on the game boy or when i played uh, a little bit of the dx version when i got it on uh, 3ds virtual console um mm-hmm. like for whatever reason this was the version that got me to play it all the way through and to to be I think I think only the third Zelda game I've ever finished, uh, <laughs> and and it's Oracle of Seasons and A Link Between Worlds, which is mm. a weird, a weird you two. You haven't even beaten Link to the Past. No. Ah, you no. have it on your Switch well, now. You I guess te- technically I've beaten Zelda. Technically, I've beaten four. If I beat Cadence of Hyrule last night, it's not that not counts. Quite uh, a Zelda counts. game, but it kind of counts. Um, <laughs> fine you i get on the greatest zelda though Come on. i should i absolutely should in fact like it was it was a plain finishing a link between worlds that made me think yeah why haven't i finished a link to the past no idea and i'm sure i could and i would love it but i just i just haven't gone back <laughs> um anyway yeah. I, I think this the the toy like tilt shift of graphics it's yeah. the the having it's very well it looks so nice having the uh, having some buttons, having some equipment locked to specific buttons. Like you're you're never without your sword anymore, which is one of the things that you could absolutely do in a link to uh, Link's Awakening or Oracle of Ages and Seasons, where you because you only have A and B to use your equipment, you have to assign different equipment to those. So you're constantly just going in and out of the menu to switch things. And Blessing you can that even... you have extra face buttons now. Totally, totally. So now and having those buttons and triggers, having those extra buttons allows you to have more things available to you. Uh, which you know, even though it it kind of breaks the game in a little bit a little, of a way, yeah. it bare it barely matters. And in fact, it probably improves it overall just to know that you always have your sword and shield available to you at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. and it, you can you can switch out some of the other stuff. But you can still uh, raise your shield push things with it like the totally original. yep it's nice. it just it's so many good things uh i mean it it has the color dungeon from link's awakening dx oh nice um the and then the other big change was the um the camera the the game boy printer uh house camera guys no the camera Cam- camera guys no more along in there photographer is gone and he's been ah. replaced by dompe and the the chamber dungeons mm. which is is an interesting idea in concept the the idea of if somebody said we this is a beta test for the zelda maker and uh or an alpha test or or just like hey we're trying to get some data here to to tell us whether a zelda maker is something that we could do in the future i i get it as as just this very much of a test case but it 
it doesn't function all that well. It's very rigid. It's uh, you can only pick chambers from dungeons that you've completed. So you can't build. You can quote unquote build your own dungeon, but it's going to be out of a bunch of prefab parts from mm. other dungeons, which it, you can't really. You're not really building an intricate puzzle in mm -hmm. any of these because it's really just okay. I, it's it's all about clearing rooms, getting chests, finding keys, and then going to other rooms. It's there's no real puzzle to it. It's just mm. it's just moving through kind of a boring ass dungeon, and that's what mm. they always are going to be. Um, but it it gives you promise of what it could be, and and I think a Zelda maker with some of this knowledge and some of this experience of okay we know that it works we just now need to go to the the, the dungeon aspect effort. of it works kinda. yes and, and even the overworld is like you could do it it's right. just gonna take a lot of time yeah and uh, a lot of care to make something engaging exactly you you'd have to if you made a zelda maker you'd have to keep it to the dungeons there's, there's I, such I a gap between do. making a mario level yeah not only making a Mario level, but making a good Mario level, and then making a Zelda level, and then a good Zelda overworld. Sure. I mean, Mario is so self-contained. Each of those mm -hmm. levels is a self-contained place, but Zelda yeah. is this big, sprawling, interconnected world, and and the dungeons are, are discrete, but even the dungeons, you build them based on equipment that you know that you got from previous things. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's... Mm. Yeah, it's a game I really, really want to check out. Uh, just I'm waiting for it to go on sale because sure. I played it before, and yes, it's one of my favorite Zeldas. If I had more disposable income and time, I would definitely have picked it up and played it for this year. But I, I, I had enough on my plate. I, I understand people using the value argument for sure. Of mm. like, you could download Link's Awakening DX on your on your 3DS for much cheaper than you can buy Link's Awakening for your Switch. You could just do that and play what some people would consider a superior version of the game or, or, or even just saying it's an extremely good version of that game. So I understand the people who are like, ah, uh, this is, I'm not going to pick it up. That's fine. But I think that if you, if you are a Switch owner, if you do like Zelda, this is absolutely a good Zelda game. And it's, it's, I, I liked it in this version for sure. It's a good game. It's a good game. <laughs> Zelda is a great game. Uh, All right, Matt. What I found to be done. a really good game yeah. for my number three yeah. is Katana Zero. Wow, okay. This is high. This is very high. I was smitten with this game. Uh, it is a very much like, uh, like Ape Out is like a top-down Hotline Miami. This is also very much like a Hotline Miami. One hit kills, but it's 2D facing. Uh, you play as this samurai in mm -hmm. this kind of futuristic neo cyberpunk kind of slum of a city mm -hmm. that has the ability to slow down time uh and they actually put that into the plot of the game it is uh one of those kind of like it uh, i don't know just it very it surprised me a lot with like how it took its story and how it made it a little bit interactive with how you choose dialogue options uh, i'm sure you've seen videos of how there's a timer at the bottom, and oh, I've can... played it. I just didn't oh, get. Oh, you played that it. Far. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you know about like the therapist sessions that you mm -hmm. go through after you do a hit, and uh, you go through a level, and you get you're assigned a target, and you got to get to either this objective and get through this mass of enemies. In uh, you know, you how you do it is up to you. 
but yeah, what I really, really just was taken by was just the entire package. The graphics, the soundtrack is freaking amazing. Uh, if you really like Synthwave, this is one to get. And uh, just the way it ties in the gameplay aspects into the story and some very like, did you get to complete the game or no. just didn't get that far? <laughs> no, I, so bear, there's a, I, I think I beat the first couple missions. Okay, so there yeah. are a couple of surprises that happen. Uh, noticeably like some story things, like you meet this little girl that lives next door to you. It's very like Leon the Professional uh, kind of inspired, uh, kind of set up to a story. Uh, but you also run into these villains that are really messed up. Uh, like at one point you get into a limo with one of them and uh, he asks for your sword. If you give it to him, you don't get your sword for the beginning of the level. If you say, no, fuck you, I'm keeping my sword, you get to keep your sword uh, to get through that uh, part of the game. Uh, you run into other characters and things that turn its head on the game a bit for a bit. Yeah, uh, like there's only, a yeah. there's another one for me that I got. It's very early in the game, and I like the way that these choices kind of matter to it. Where you talk to this receptionist in this mm-hmm. this office building, I think it is the very first mission, really. Um, uh, and like second mission or something like that. Yeah. The first like real one outside of a tutorial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you talk to her and she's asking you like, "Oh, what's with the get up?" And you can kind of uh, cut imply, her off. yeah, you can cut her off and just like be totally curt, and and it comes back to bite you. Or you can say, oh, because like, she's trying to, like, she she's asking her, like, oh, are you from an anime? Is this a cosplay thing? And yeah, you, it's cosplay. Yeah, you oh, can I'd totally. Like to see more of your cosplay someday. <laughs> Call me. Yeah, you can totally, like, placate her and say that, yeah, you're, you're this cosplayer. And so when you get back to this area after you do your hit or fail your hit, as the case may be, um, uh, you can do it. I know you can. I know you can. It's pretty uh, awesome in some ways. <laughs> um, but when you get back to it, there will be some guards there going like, oh, who's this guy? Like, uh, this this might be somebody suspicious. And the receptionist totally vouches for you. He's like, no, no, no. He was in mm-hmm. here. This guy's cool. Like, he's fine. It's, it wasn't him. Um, or if you cut her off, she'll be like, yeah, he's suspicious. Yeah, and then like, she might get guy. killed, too. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that choice. There's uh, other things that happen, too. Like, there's a part where you go for a hit, and it's very quiet, and then you realize it's a setup, and the cops are swarming, uh, but you're giving instructions, don't kill any cops. So you can either go through the level and kill all the cops, or you can sneakily go through it and uh, try to be very stealthy uh, using a sort of stealth system. There's a moment when, once you learn that your uh, abilities are drug-involved, you can uh, have to get into this casino, and the only way is to get a uh, certain amount of money. So you can game this roulette game because you sure. can uh, rewind time. Oh, okay, uh, that's, that's how great. it plays into everything. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I like the, the I love the slowdown mechanics of the game where you can uh, slow down, reflect bullets with your sword at the right moment, roll through enemies. Uh, like being it like a one hit game where it like as soon as you die, you can rewind everything. It's very much a heavily 80s inspired kind of game. I kind of uh, see it as like almost a reverse Mark of the Ninja. A where, bit, yes. Whereas Mark of the Ninja is very slow. It's very stealthy. Uh, you're, you're not supposed to be seen at all. And any mm-hmm. action is minimal. This, this is kind of the opposite where, yeah, it has some stealth sequences kind of. It has some mechanics where you, where you do that. But it's, it's actually way more about flashy action combat. Uh, and and more execution and and that's cool like it's it's nice that there is that other side of the coin for people 
Uh, and it sounds like it's <laughs> as your number three. It sounds like you really dug it. I, I I really like this. So I was a little disappointed when everyone was talking about this game in like bigger publications, and they kind of just dismissed it. It's like I played a little bit of it. It's just like oh, it's just synthwave, and it's just you know just simple like that. There's there's a couple of surprises to this game. Like actually, I mean the actual dragon. Uh, like everyone thinks you're the dragon character in this game. No, it's it's not like that. The only like kind of knock against the story is just kind of ends with a lot of like loose hanging questions uh you can get an alternate ending though if you do things a certain way that's really kind of weird that's great uh, and like there are a couple of secrets here there too and they've added like a speed run mode and things like that and uh, the developers ask Usopp are you know saying they are continuing on going to making a sequel or an expansion to this game to can continue the story as it is uh and uh yeah there's kind of like a, a near automata kind of thing where you can just end the game three quarters of the way through and that's your ending oh interesting uh, okay yeah i i just like as a package as a whole and as just a very small indie game that's like 15 bucks again devolver digital this is like kind of like my developer of the year is devolver digital again uh they have just been on point with like a lot of their releases uh just a lot of variety and a lot of great stuff and yeah this is my number three and they're they're they keep doing it too. Like uh, yep. we'll we'll get to a part at the end of this where we talk about our most anticipated. But there's oh, there's definitely I think we might share one. There's a I don't I, it's not on my list, but there's one I'm oh. absolutely thinking of that I think you are too. I'll let you. I'll I, let you I talk think about yeah, it I think you know what it is then. All uh, right. What's your number three? My number three. Okay, Matt. It's time to talk about it. Super Robot Wars. There we go. T. The T stands for Terra. Oh. T- <laughs> yeah. These these games. These games, uh, there's an X, there's a V, there's a J, there's a T, there's lots of letters. Don't. It's T time. It's not. V is not five. X is not ten. T is not anything. Uh, time. They, <laughs> they all they all stand in for something. So T literally does stand for Terra in here because, like, it's it's kind of about the themes of the game, and this theme is about Earth and land and who owns it and whatever. Um, don't don't worry about that. It is an anime mashup game. Uh, I talked about I talked about Super Robot Wars X last year um, because it was and it was kind of a stretch last year because even though it, it came, came out on what PS4 it, it came out for Vita Vita I only mm-hmm. played the PS4 version but it did come out for Vita um, yeah that counts th- this time I can proudly say I played this game on the Switch uh, um, uh, you imported still, too right you still have to import these mm. the, they're still like the the Hong Kong uh, Asian versions with um with english subtitles mm-hmm. uh, but you can you can buy them and bring them in to the to the states uh, and even on the switch you are able to take the the dlc for some of these for these games and mm-hmm. you can if you if you get an uh, east asian account um a hong kong account for your for your switch you can go in and put in the code and, and download that stuff and the hong kong eShop way different than uh the other eShops in that in it, a better way no or? there's no there's oh, okay. no eShop mind, like then. there's you are not really able to download games there you uh have to just put in codes like really the only option you get is codes and that's hmm. how you can download stuff um, okay. but there's no there's no like browsing a shop so where we have can't pay by paypal nothing like that uh can't... maybe you might be able to but i think i think you have to have a code well okay okay yeah i don't know you have to have codes for everything um, so we're, as our eShop has too much stuff overflowing it, this is as barren as it gets. 
uh, <laughs> it is kind Weird. of fun to like because I, I also have a, a regular J- uh, Japanese eShop account too. Just and go into it every once in a while just to see the indie games that they have that are Japan only or the way that they are showing English games that are being translated. It, it's cool to go and check out some of those some of those things or to see some of the exclusive games for for like their Nintendo Switch online that we don't get. Like, oh, damn, mm. oh, I want that game. Um, <laughs> anyway, Super Robo Wars T it's it's the same it's the same as X. It's it's really not that different at all. It's uh, a smattering of different mechs. Uh, this this time around, they got Cowboy Bebop. So Spike Spiegel's Sweet. in this so game. So I can play as the swordfish. You can play uh, as the swordfish. Sadly, you can only play as the swordfish. The other the other that's, ships. That's still a great fucking ship. Uh, I mean, that's the one you want. But um, but phase phase ship and um, and uh, jet ship jet sh- and what the about be- the Bebop? The Bebop is uh, tangentially in the game. It's just not okay. something you control. Um, but those other ships are things that are part of some of Spike's attacks. So when you go into his attacks, the animations will have Faye coming in and shooting some missiles before oh, sweet. before the swordfish comes. And, that nice big flare of missiles. Totally. Oh yeah, the drunken oh, missiles damn. are all over the place. Like this. Shit. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about Pokemon later. Um, but oh, are we? In, in a yeah, we we are. <laughs> uh, but in a year where people continue to bitch about. Pokemon's animations are just so boring and so like, lazy. You will not say that about Super Robot Wars. It's the the animations of these attacks continue to just be incredible. I've seen footage yeah. of those attacks, and it's, it's worth I really it just to want to import one of these games. It's worth it just to pull up a YouTube video and watch some of these attacks because it's it's very awesome. Um, the the disappointing okay. part becomes the things outside of that. Uh, because the maps are still flat and boring as ever mm. uh, and muddy and there's there's no interesting stuff like we we talk about wargroove we talk about advanced wars where those things have forest tiles that you mm-hmm. go slower through or uh, mountains that you can't cross over or uh, like different Rivers, things like that things yeah like that. and even though this game has some of those things it does have forest tiles that give you slightly more avoid uh, when you're on them, it does have water tiles that you can go underneath the water and go slower. It really doesn't make that much of a difference, though. The and it, you don't really get any strategy to it. It's really just these giant, big open maps, and it's one huge army clashing against another huge army, and it's not it's not especially exciting. But the the mechs they have on on hand are. are pretty damn good there's a lot of a lot of really good ones uh, a lot of gundam still a lot of gundam still gundam's kind of the bread and butter and i've been Neon watching Genesis. that no that's mm. super world wars v which is oh, which v. is two games ago uh, which about, is also uh, ported to switch though so it, oh. it it was ported to switch this year so if you really want to play as ava units which i do um you can get those from v mm. <sighs> Yeah. How about Haruko's Vespa from Fully Cooley? No. Ah, Full, damn it. Fully Cooley is not in the game as of yet, but I it think would not surprise fit. me if that showed up at, at a later date. Or Conti, Sama. Sure. There's, yes. He's a but robot. There's, there is no lack of anime characters here. Uh, it is still another bullshit uh, mashup 
where'd you come from? Why are you in my universe? You got your peanut butter in my chocolate kind of thing. Um, that what a combo. A lot of it gets hand waved away. Uh, a lot of it gets super deep to the point that it's stupid. Um, but overall, I just I love I love these games. I I don't think they're extremely good. I don't think people should absolutely play these. But in my weird corner of turn-based strategy games, cool mechs, um, really incredible animations, and just the ability to tinker the hell out of these things with so many customizable options in terms of uh, here's here's a thing that can up your armor and up your HP. Uh, here's another thing that gives you plus ten to targeting. Here uh, here's uh, a skill that allows you to always hit, but you have to spend uh, spend a resource during a match to be able to to get that, and you you run out of that resource eventually, so you can only use it so many times. Uh, it's so so many things both in out of battle when you're customizing things and in battle where you have so many options available to you on how to uh take on these threats it's it's just a really incredible experience for me and and i love them so much uh (laughs) um so i'm really so t came out and it was new for this year v uh was ported uh, earlier last month i believe maybe two months ago um, so you can now get that on Switch. And then X, which is the one that came out last year, is getting a port next year. So Man, they just need to release these, localize them for the U.S. It's probably never going to happen because of licensing, because uh, of all the money that would have to go in with all these different things. It's one of the oh, things that... Oh, they could do it. They could do uh, it. Yes, it's been done in the past. We've had we've had Capcom versus Tatsunoko, or Tatsunoko mm-hmm. versus Capcom. So like, these these things are possible. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't want them to limit the roster because they could only get so many licenses because that would be a huge bummer to me because it, because it really is these huge rosters of look at all these anime mechs. Um, and that's, that's part of the fun. Um, so I, I think T's, I think T's a very good one of these. I think, um, it's probably a little better than X in terms of its, of its cast and and a lot of that is spike for sure uh but i think there are some other animes that are in that are shown in here that are pretty good as well um i i am playing through v right now and i'll continue to be playing in fact i'll be playing more now that i don't have to worry about playing more games for game of the year and can just play the things i like playing um uh, i'm enjoying v uh, a lot and the av enough of the super rover wars time for some super robot wars yes absolutely um but Super Robotwars V with the Ava units, pretty, pretty good, yeah. pretty good. All right, that's that's enough for Anime Corner for now. <laughs> Matt, I'm sure we're gonna get in some more Anime Corner. In fact, uh, my number two, I think, is gonna be coming up on your list in a little bit here. Yeah, we've got to delay that one, Matt. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so I'll table uh, my number two. Uh, do you want me to just say what it is now, or just hold off? Oh, just go ahead and say it. It's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, I, it's, I've heard things about We spent like game. like a good solid two and a half hours trying to discuss <laughs> the different playthroughs of this story, where you are uh, a professor at this academy, the church academy, Garrick Mock Monastery. Three, yep, please. <laughs> and yep, Garrick Mock. And yeah, there's a whole spoiler cast you can go to, but we'll save save this for now. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your number two, Chase? My number two is Pokemon Sword and Shield. 
Ah, but I thought this was supposed to be the worst Pokemon you heard game wrong. of all time. You heard Am wrong. I wrong? I haven't played it, so I don't know. Uh, pe- people... Only what only what the, the internet in our Pokemon subreddit, the internet which I had to unsubscribe sucks, because Matt. they are just insufferable right yes, now. Yes, they continue to be insufferable. Um, yeah, th- those people were wrong. I... I kind of understand the the quote-unquote dexit bullshit uh, i for a game that has touted gotta catch them all to now mm. say well we're not going to put them all in even though we've done that every single time i the an, the animations bullshit the the they were just reusing models from pokemon go or pokemon let's go Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of bullshit that was was swarming around this game before it came out, and then it came out, and guess what? It's good. It, it gets still no. I yeah right. It's crazy. Um, but also it's it's still Pokemon. Like it's it does have some new things. Uh, I think the the max raid battles are a pretty uh, interesting new gimmick. It, they feel different than Pokemon Go, where you actually have it's actually still turn-based strategy. Um, I, I think there's uh, some cool strategic layers. You can get a ton of different Pokemon in there. Like you can get a lot of very rare Pokemon uh, just from doing those battles. Um, it's a little bit broken in that uh, people have found ways to kind of glitch them out and to get the incredibly rare Gigantamax versions of some of these Pokemon. So they, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. I'm all about doing that. In fact, I did do it so I could get those versions because they're they're because they're incredibly rare. The problem is that it it um it just left a ton of open lobbies for things that weren't Gigantamax Pokemon. So anytime you saw something that was rare but not the rarest of the rare, you'd try to go in and join somebody's bat- raid battle, and it would say, "Oh, sorry, this is this is this lobby's empty or you can't connect." Yeah. And it just happens again and again and again and again because people are only looking for these very specific raids. Um, that's something that will absolutely get patched. So I'm not too worried about it, uh, which is another reason. It's like, okay, well, I got to also do it now while while there's still time to, to kind of cheat these things. Um, so the max raid battles, I think, are a cool addition. Uh, they did kind of get back to the roots in terms of, like, you are in a single landmass, a single interconnected landmass. It's not as interesting a landmass as something like Kanto was in the in the very first games where it really did feel like uh it kind of rolled back into itself yeah totally find yourself back at pallet town towards the end this is more like one big loop that then is uh connected by a straight line and then there's another big loop and then there's another Mm. straight line um so it it does have some kind of circular nature to it it's just it's it's pretty standard compared to some of the uh some of the more inventive pokemon games i think um but but it does it goes back to gym battles as well uh for sun and moon we had the the kahuna battles we had these trials that you had to go through and i wasn't the biggest fan of that i liked them in the context of this is kind of a hawaii stand-in so we're gonna have kind of a hawaii stand-in for for these battles but uh I, I really like the more traditional, hey, this is a league. It, it feels way more like soccer. In fact, it's totally built up like that. Of These are these are football stadiums that you're fighting. Are there fighting Pokemon in. hooligans? Yes, absolutely. That, that is oh, the, shit. That is the Team Rocket. <laughs> I was in always this. joking. That is absolutely the Team Rocket of, of this game. They're called Team oh, Yell. Shit. They are fans of one trainer in particular. But there's also no real conflict in this game. Uh, mm. So Team Yell, even though they're the Rocket equivalent... 
are not like out to destroy they're the like world. Like cheerleaders for the yeah, other side. They're totally just like Marnie should win, man. We like we're all about <laughs> Marnie and we're going to be an obstacle for you so Marnie can can hopefully do better. So let's have a Pokémon battle. Uh, and then you beat them. But yes, they they to- because their team yell with a Y. They totally have like these Y-shaped Vuvuzelas. They 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 look like <laughs> no, they absolutely are soccer hooligans. 100%. No, no, no. no. <sighs> oh my god. It's good. It's good. Is this um, a good Pokemon to uh, start off if you haven't played one for a sure, while? Or sure. Your first Pokemon? It's fine. Or the, is that kind it, of just like every Pokemon? Uh, yeah, it's kind of every Pokemon um, in in that it's totally easy to jump in. They explain things pretty well. Um, like Sun and Moon, they kept the, the idea that if you battle a Pokemon of one species, when you battle it again, it'll say, hey, these are the moves that are super effective or regular effective or not effective at all. Um mm. That's a really it's a really nice thing they kept from Sun and Moon. Um, there are a lot of little quality of life things that are that are nice. Um, it's it's much easier to train competitive Pokemon these days because you can um, it, breeding Pokemon's a little bit easier. Egg moves transferring egg moves from one Pokemon to another, which is can be a hassle process, is now a lot easier in this game. Um, they brought over the candy system from Pokemon Let's Go. So there, there have always mm. been rare candies in the game that'll upgrade your Pokemon one level, but now there are just regular experience candies that will give you a chunk, a set chunk of experience. So it, it's not a guaranteed level like the rare candies are. You might want to save those for like level 99 to 100 to, to make sure they easily get that next thing. But now you can say, well, here's a chunk of 50,000 experience. So now this Pokemon... A Pokemon at level one like goes up to Poke- to level seventeen. Isn't that nice? It's it's way better than just burning a rare candy and only getting to level two or something like that. Um, so not lots of little nice touches. Um, the max rate battles make it easy to get Pokemon that are exclusive to the other version of the game. Um, so even though you can still trade and they encourage you to trade, there are ways of getting a lot of those Pokemon. Uh, it's it's just there's a lot of really well done things. And yeah, the, the the animations are not great. They're they're kind of whatever. The, the Chase, I have a, a screenshot. Mm-hmm. One is of Pokemon. Yeah. Another is Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Mm. One of them looks better. Yeah, that's fair. And it's not Pokemon. Yeah. I think there's a conspiracy going around. <laughs> sure. Yes, there's probably a conspiracy going around. Um uh, I think the the new set of Pokemon is fine for the most part. I think there are a couple couple that I really like. There are very few that I really detest, but most mm. of them are just kind of in that. Oh, that's all right. That's that's kind of cool. Um, I think there are some that that really represent the the Britain the the Britain style that they are uh, the setting that they're in that kind of England stand in. Um, like there's a totally an elephant called Kaparaja that is absolutely like, hey, remember when you guys tried to colonize India? And uh-huh, yeah. yeah, it's probably yeah. not great, but here it is. Um, there's, that, but there are a lot of smart looking Pokemon. I think my favorite one is Toxtricity, which is a, a poison and electric punk rock uh pokemon sweet and it has two versions it has an amped version that has a a big yellow mohawk and then it has a low-key version that has like two smaller blue mohawks instead uh it's it's pretty good it's Uh, pretty good 
Um, there, there's some there's some cool Pokemon. I think the Galar versions of some of these Pokemon are pretty good too. Um, like Galarian Farfetch'd is now uh, like he he looks more of a badass, um, and he's got an evolution called Surfetch that gives him a sword and and shield made out of mm-hmm. uh, made out of plants. Uh, uh, the coughing one that is like a chimney. Yep the the indu- the industrial the industrial revolution wheezing for sure with his with his kind of like smoky mustache. Coal is, stack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Um, it, it's a good entry in the series. It's not my favorite for sure, um, but it's. I'm shocked a Pokemon game is on your top ten, Chase. Totally right. Especially I mean... one so horrid as Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> uh, they're just they're just solid. Like they they continue to not be anything crazy, um, but you'd you'd like to see them maybe innovate a little bit more. You'd like to see the presentation be a little bit nicer, but at the same time, it's still really fun to play. There's still a lot of like really tiny details. There's a okay, so there's a teapot Pokemon that's a ghost. <laughs> uh, like it's it's a ghost that lives in a teapot. Um, of course, and, of course. Yeah, totally. Uh, it starts out as a teacup and then it evolves into like a, a teapot for sure. Um, oh, okay. But when you catch the, naturally when you catch the teacup, there's actually two versions of it, and they don't say it really anywhere in the game. In the in the write up, you kind of see that it says something about like, oh, there are a lot of counterfeits out there. So there's actually a little blue label that you can see on the bottom of the Pokemon. So you actually have to go into its summary and 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 look at it. Um, oh my god. And if it has a blue label, then it is the authentic version. And all the other ones are counterfeits. And apparently, like, one in 16 is authentic, and the rest are all counterfeits. <laughs> and and there's a, it requires an evolutionary item for it to evolve. And there's a, a chipped uh, teapot or a cracked teapot, I think is what they're called. Um, and if you use one that's... if uh, the um, the counterfeits all use a cracked teapot to evolve, but only the authentic ones use a chipped one to evolve. And it's just this, it's a very tiny, weird, intricate detail that has no real bearing on it. It's not like the authentic ones are better battlers or have better stats or anything. It's just an odd little detail. And it it does kind of get you back. It's more authentic. Sure, totally. It, but it does take you back to some of those schoolyard um, tip sharing ideas, or or like getting onto the internet and really digging into the minutia of these games. Of how, uh, hey, did anyone figure out how to evolve Galarian Farfetched? Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to uh, go into a battle, and you need to get three critical hits with your Farfetched in one battle. Oh, okay, okay. It, it's not just. I, I leveled my Farfetch'd up to level 99 and he didn't evolve. What's up with that? He's like, well, there's a different way. It's, it's, it's interesting the way that there, there's a lot of knowledge sharing to this game in the way that there was in the very first game. It's like, oh, where do you get a Mr. Mime? Okay, well, he's, you, have to, you have to go into this house and it's only on this one route and you have to have an Abra and trade it. Like those, those are these interesting little conversations that we had when we played those first Pokemon games on the schoolyard and I think we're getting a little bit of that. Now, some of it gets spoiled by the internet, of course. But even mm. then, there's this sense of discovery of, how do I do this thing? And then I look it up, and I can find people who are having similar problems. It's it's cool. It's, it, is, it is pretty authentically Pokemon. But it is also, it's also just another Pokemon game, in a way. 
so kind of for better or worse quite a few of those yeah it's good i like it it's my number two game of the year but it didn't blow my socks off in the way that like pokemon red and blue or gold and silver did and i didn't expect it that it was going to do that but it's still kind of sad that it didn't still number two though that's it's still number two it is it is well matt it is time to hear your number one game and i think by process of elimination i know what it is since it was my number 10 and we still haven't talked about it but please yep. tell the audience what your game of the year your handheld game of the year is it, for 2019 it is a little game called tetris 99 okay now like what te- if we tetris took, <laughs> interesting now what if we took the concept of tetris i'm on board put them all in a bus or playing 99 other player 98 other players and then just drop them all together and have them all have a free-for-all i so i i don't know if it's a secret on this show it's certainly no secret on on the other show that i do the casual hour i don't like battle royale games there's Mm -hmm. i don't get the appeal i don't i've never played a game of PUBG or Fortnite or blackout or apex legends apex i tried apex legends this year i just something about shooters is just not sitting well with me it has to be something exceptional like titanfall 2's campaign yeah and and i think it's more the campaign for me it's Mm -hmm. it's that i just multiplayer shooters are not my are not my forte anymore i'll I'll play a little bit of destiny crucible and usually it's only so i can go back to the to the story part of the game the pve part and and bring those items there um but I I just don't I don't get the appeal of battle royale games. Yeah. Uh, in until Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this game is just like came kind of out of nowhere earlier in this year. Totally out of nowhere. It was uh it was a Nintendo Direct. Was it E three or was it pre E three? It was definitely was like E3? February. Okay. Uh, it came out. And if you had Nintendo Online, you got it for free. But and... it was a Nintendo Direct where they're like, Hey, this yep. is a game. You can download it later today it's out now and yeah it's basically just it started off as just here's a simple setup here's you versus 98 other tetris players and it's pretty much just competitive tetris like you send trash to a targeted player and uh you try to clear out uh lines and get uh, in this one you try to get combos is kind of the way to get a better sort of uh trash thrown at another uh opponent and once you take them out you get badges to take more trash equally you know get rid of extra trash sent your ways and send out more to other players right uh, it's they've just taken so hectic and amazing they, they've taken kind of that uh tetris that more modern tetris style um from some of some of the more modern tetris games i'm thinking of something like tetris friends for mm-hmm. facebook when when that version was out there uh, I think Tetris DS does this too, and and a couple of those other ones where yeah. you get some of these, some of those kind of quality of life things where you can hold a piece, uh, where T spins got, drop. yeah, instant drop, T spins, uh, and combos, and and mm-hmm. all of those things kind of show up here, which to like a Tetris purist who's only played like the Game Boy or NES versions or like the arcade version, if you're really a masochist. Um, <sighs> Like those those people might go like, what this this is not the Tetris that I grew up with, or it's not just making Tetrises. Tetris making Tetrises is not going to make you an instant winner at this game. No, it's much more nuanced than that, and it makes it it makes it honestly way more interesting. I, I really enjoy. It. I still haven't gotten 
number one victory. Neither have I. I've gotten so freaking close. I've gotten number uh, two. But I just can't three close times. my end game when I get to the like third, second place, and yeah. I'm like, ah, I've already got so much stupid trash. I'm gonna. Ah, I choked. I choked yeah. already. Uh, but there's just like so many events that they also put on that you know just keep a like a fostering community going with this. You know, like you, there's weekends where they have special skins like Fire Emblem, Pokemon, mm-hmm. Louis Mansion. That Fire Emblem Kirby. skin is boring as shit. It is, but it's got the great music of Three Houses. It, in it. it does have the great music, but yeah, it is just like here's a wallpaper of the game, and that's yeah, kind of. But it's nice that they change up the music, or sometimes even change up like the Splatoon one changes up the sound mm-hmm. effects a lot too, and also that, has that Game Boy skin. Music. That Game Boy skin though. That Game Boy skin's really awesome. Game Boy skin. Uh, one of the first bad. ones they put out. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they'll most likely do a chance where you can reget them again next year. I'm sure, uh, but you can also now. Just straight up buy the game for ten bucks, which is what I did. Gives you like a bunch of like either playthrough with uh, offline with uh, bots, mm-hmm. uh, play with friends up to like I think it's like eight or something like that. You can play competitively uh, or do uh, shared modes as well too, where you can play online uh, against uh, ninety eight or ninety seven other players. And they did uh, add an extra mode um, between this game coming out and now. I, I think it was maybe only a couple of months ago where it's like a master mode. So if you mm-hmm. or elite, if you or beat I, the game, yeah. So if you if you have if you have gotten a number one finish, if you've gotten a chicken dinner, if you will, mm-hmm. um, then victory you, royale. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, like here you can play like these best of the best, which means that a lot of people who are who have gotten number one finishes, a lot of those completely savage players, they're jumping into that mode, which lets the rest of us hopefully pick up a couple more wins. Um, that has not held true to me. Um, not I've either gone, me, but I, I've I still gone have back so and tried, and oof, yeah, I, I have gotten a couple top two finishes, um, and I feel pretty good about it. In fact. It was the day it came out. I got a second place finish to uh, to Wario sixty four on Twitter. Who, really, who, uh, and you lost to Wario sixty four. So I lost to Wario sixty four. Yeah, yes, Damn. that's what it was. I was totally a, a gesture. You've lost. Um, you've lost to Wario sixty four and Dave Lang. <laughs> yes, you're right. Oh God, shame, shame, classic, shame. classic. I, I did tweet him, and and he at least uh, acknowledged, like, yeah, it was a good match. I was like, no, you totally fucking crushed me (laughs) um yeah that game that game is really good and and it reminds me that i think i actually like the idea of battle royale i just don't like the games that are battle royales Mm -hmm. right now which are mostly shooters which which are almost exclusively shooters um but tetris does try something new and interesting and i like that i would Mm -hmm. love to see a uh, destruction derby uh, or like a burnout style game mm-hmm. that that has a uh, battle royale mode. I think that could be like really a massive cool. multiplayer kind of equivalent to this kind of last to- man king of the hill standing. Kind totally, of yeah. totally. Um, and and it's really good that other games like Tetris are coming out and saying, "Hey, you can like, here's a really fun, interesting t- twist on a classic game, and also a twist on a game mode that people think uh, they th- that's really popular in vogue now with the, the battle royale stuff." Um, that that stuff is is just really really cool. Now let me ask you this question: It was not a handheld game last year, so it didn't show up on our lists. But um, we did have a really really good Tetris game come out last year in Tetris Effect, and I think it was even two years ago where we had a really really good Tetris game come out in Poyo Poyo Tetris. Yeah. So 
like we just keep getting these really really good versions of tetris yeah is uh, i guess it's not so much a question it's it's more that there's room in the world room in this universe for tetris 99 because it does tetris differently than those other games yeah i i I did play Tetris Effect. I was able to get that on the fairly cheap, uh, which is what I was waiting for, and played through the single player of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I really love the style of that game, the music, and it is just a treat to play through. I just feel more engaged with the competitive aspect of this kind of Tetris, and it's rare for me to have like a multiplayer game be one of my number one games yeah. of the year, but Tetris will do that to you, man. It's, uh, it's just quite a... Ooh, it's the, I mean, it's the best. Where are we dropping, boys? Where it's are we the dropping? Best <laughs> oh, dropping in the well, all, like all the time. That's the yeah. only place to drop. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing that Tetris has continued to have this life to it. That that there can be different styles of Tetris. You can play different versions of Tetris based on your moods. Of yeah. hey, I just want to play alone. I want to kind of chill out. Okay, that's your Tetris effect. Um, I really want to like challenge myself. Well, there's like all sorts of like incredible. Uh, master mode Tetris versions out there if you really want to like really test yourself about stuff. It's like, I want to play a really wacky version of Tetris. Well, then Poyo Poyo Tetris is totally where you should go. Or like I want to play Tetris against the best of the best. I want to stack up against other people. Well, here you go, Tetris 99. And it's it's cool. It's cool. It, yeah. it's, it got me to, to play more Tetris again this year, which I... If, if they just put out a really cool Tetris game once a year, I'll buy it. Why not? Maybe they will put out another one next year, but Look, yeah, I'm I find looking... this to be just, it's the way you play Tetris for this kind of version, I just love it. And yeah. just that multiplayer just seals the deal. It's my number one. It's pretty good. Okay, Matt, it is time. We have reached the end. This is my number one game of the year. Uh, which is something you already know at this point because we, yep. we we pushed it back when when you started talking about it because it's, uh, it's, it's it's fire emblem three houses and i i say this uh somewhat excitedly but also um it, it kind of just was the de facto number one for me which is uh, I, I mean i talked about this trend that i felt over the course of the year and i think this is the one that embodies it maybe the most in in that I really like the new Fire Emblem game. I, I think there's a lot to like about it. I think the, the cast is is one of the, the most expressive, mm -hmm. um, the most cohesive casts that they've ever had. Um, and I like Very a lot memorable. of what it's doing. V extremely memorable. Um, the value you get for this game, too. Like, just how much totally. there is. The attention to uh, detail especially when you consider something like Fire Emblem Fates before when you had to mm -hmm. buy three yeah. versions of a game um, like this is this is definitely like hey you're kind of getting four games in one here three and a half I suppose uh, yeah. um, but even so like, definitely a value proposition much better than than in previous Fire Emblem games um, I, I I like I like this game a whole bunch but at the same time, thinking about it, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of my favorite Fire Emblem games. I, I think there are, are parts about it that that kind of leave me. I wouldn't say cold, but at least leave me feeling kind of kind of blah. And I'd and say that's, that's a big mostly the story for me is like Yuritsa never really kind of brought up. I know they're going to do that in DLC. 
He is now. Yeah. yeah. He's the 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 Yuritsa DLC is out, so you can oh, you ooh, can play sure. with him. Um, you can also pick up Anna now, the uh, hmm. shopkeeper. Of course, uh, you can. So, so there, there are, and that's another kind of bummer is that yes, while I enjoy this Fire Emblem game immensely, um, like a lot of this DLC stuff is coming so after the fact that, and it's also such a, a long game that it feels very difficult to just jump back in and go, okay, oh, I can't wait yeah. to put another eighty hours to I this know, thing. Like one except now I'm playing with Yuritsa. One house is like right. eighty hours, and. But still, like, even, like, the shortcomings of some of, like, the graphics as far as, like, style and how they play out in some of the cutscenes uh, for the backgrounds especially, the music is astoundingly good for this one, too. Uh, music is they, still fantastic. They, they sure. break bounds with, like, some of the different, like, aspects of the game for, like, uh, settings on the boards and also with the sound design. There's a dubstep track in this soundtrack. It is absolutely amazing we <laughs> if you want the the long and short of everything about this game we did like two and a half hour uh uh spoiler cast with uh, your friend bobby time. and uh <laughs> whew, uh there's just there's so much to unpack in this game as far as from like possibilities with the story uh, the, one of the hardest things that i've had to do this year was kill some of the students i had grown fond of in other <laughs> houses that i didn't recruit because oh crap i forgot if i give them gifts then I can recruit him and sure. also building out. Like, I wish I had gotten Felix. I showed you a video of, like, here's what happens if Felix uh, joins the uh, uh, Black Eagles and uh, you go down mm -hmm. a certain path and have to fight a bunch of people in the Blue Lions. And some of those, like, lines of dialogues just cut deep, man. I'm just like, shit. Yeah. Uh, but Felix cuts deeper. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh yeah so so on one hand I, I think it's a really good fire emblem game it has a lot of value to it uh, i i do love that cast so much mm -hmm. but at the same time uh that cast is also i think maybe one of his main issues is that they're pretty with with rare exceptions it is pretty much all kids of the same age um, and and i think one of the strengths of previous fire emblem games is the range of characters mm -hmm. that the you variety get. There are really young kids. There are characters who are beast, uh, have beast forms or mm -hmm. dragon forms. There's old old guys. There are uh, like there's ten thousand year old dragons. Totally. Like there's there's a big, questionable bodies. <laughs> very true. Uh, there's these big crazy casts, and this is student, 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 student. Uh, oh, here's a teacher, 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 teacher. Um, and that's, that's kind of what Manuel, you get. why do you have that kind of uniform for this academy? <laughs> right. And, and then teacher. you get like, and then you get two kids. Mm -hmm. um, like those, it's, it doesn't feel from, from just a, from like a general perspective, they're, they're all pretty similar. Now they do have these incredible personalities that mm -hmm. I think that, that gel more than any others. Some I've, of the best support conversations too. Totally. And I'll admit, I've watched, um, <laughs> I discovered it was a thing, and then I watched a lot of them, these Fire Emblem TikTok Vine compilations. Oh my god, where, of course there are those. Of course. Yes, where people have taken uh, some quote-unquote classic Vine and TikTok uh, videos and then put Fire Emblem heads over, over <laughs> some of the people, or, or even just like put the names of Fire Emblem characters who would be saying these different lines. And I think because the the characters are so well, um, like well developed, well well um, sh displayed, that 
they lend themselves well to mm-hmm. this kind of of meme parody or reference material. Uh, it's it's very easy to see uh, how like Hill like how this like oh you're you're such a Hilda uh, and <laughs> and then you you're can such a know Chase. yeah and and you can know what that means you can know why it's it's good it's it's much different than me saying oh you're kind of a marth because (laughs) yeah i know marth is kind of just a blank fucking slate and so are a lot of those characters in in past fire there's not not a flat character like they're all well-rounded in this bunch and that's that's what i appreciate most but you're right they are all students and then you go through a time jump and you know they're five years older but still kind of you know other than like a a subtle change to their character design uh yeah it's uh doesn't rank above for me like above awakening as like my favorite fire emblem of this decade uh mm-hmm. or in general but i uh, enjoyed it immensely and i'm definitely gonna replay through some of the other houses uh kind of got sidetracked because of all this game of the year talk but right uh, a very very solid number one which i think is gonna get passed up a lot uh again because uh, the nature I... of just this kind of strategy game I think I think that this one broke through in a way that even Awakening didn't break through. I, I see. I heard a lot of people talking about. it. I think it. it's on pace to outsell Awakening uh, as well too, that if it hasn't already. Surprise me, I guess. Um, it's it's a it's a good game. I, I think it has it has issues from a gameplay perspective. In my opinion, I I've always hated the weapon degradation. Um, so so going back to weapons that have uses number numbers of uses back and full was, force yeah yeah I mean that was kind of a step back in my opinion because I, I think it it didn't really change the strategy of the game and it made a lot of the preparation just so much slower and I felt like it's one of the things whenever I think ooh I need to go back and play more Fire Emblem Three Houses and see some of that fun story and those great characters and the the interactions there. And, and then right before I start it back up, I think, oh, but then I'm going to have to spend like 10 minutes figuring out all my equipment, going to the blacksmith and, and repairing all my stuff, making sure everybody's paired up the correct way to so I'm getting the the maximum amount of, of support that I can out of my characters. Yeah, uh, it, It's so much setup, uh, which is weird because I was just a little while ago talking about Super Robot Wars uh, V, which is all set up as well um and and the they setup streamline there, it I... a bit more though than three houses you think no no oh, okay <laughs> but i think the payoff maybe mm. in the the payoff in the battles i think is maybe higher in super robot wars because again you're seeing these crazy animations whereas in in this in this game i mean i don't know it's like one person swings a sword and then the other person yeah. kind of gets hit it's it's like a step above Pokemon. If you're gonna if you're gonna be bitching about animations, I think Fire Emblem should be up There's there too. There's some cool things because... like with the uh, Gambit uh, like units that you also have in tow in this game that add a bit more extra animation to it. And sure, a sure. few bigger there, monsters and things like that. But yeah, it's not. Uh, I hope one day like because it's on a platform. Like one of the things I liked Awakening so much is because it was kind of like a leap. Uh, especially for the handheld and sort of the production values of the Fire Emblem franchise. Like, you got this very nice package that you could, oh, I can play on the go still again, finally, instead of playing on the consoles, which was uh, primarily going to for a time. Uh, well, there was a couple, but it was one DS game, right? Uh, the, yeah, the remake. Yeah. Well, yeah. technically two. We, we only got one here in the States, but there was the remake of the first game that was Shadow mm-hmm. Dragon, and then in Japan, they got the remake of Fire Emblem 3, 
which is uh, which is actually like a sequel to the first game. Yeah, uh, the but it mostly was like they game. were focusing on like the better production values were being focused on GameCube yeah. and Wii because that was the better hardware. Uh, and like Awakening comes out and you get fully animated cutscenes with some voice acting and uh, support conversations with like just uh, and better battle battle animations. Uh, than in like previous entries and uh, it'd be exciting to see where that goes you know with three houses and mm-hmm. i was a little disappointed like yeah the battle animations were just kind of like mm, they're okay yeah the the art overall i think is is kind of a step down especially a big step down when it comes to the game that came right before it which was shadows of valentia which yeah. had this incredibly gorgeous hand-painted looking art style that i just i absolutely adored that game in terms of its style and this going to kind of just these relatively generic, in my opinion, uh, polygons and and having going mm-hmm. back to kind of that GameCube Wii um, uh, style of yeah. of the the battles. I just it wasn't it wasn't super um, exciting to me, uh, and and that was kind of a bummer. I, I mean, especially because they were bringing in a lot of these persona like elements to uh to this to this game i mean you're in this school more or yep. less and you're you even do though like a whole week of school and that's how you primarily level up like attributes totally. for your characters for like pretty much every character is a blank slate like there are some that like it nudges you in a certain direction to focus on axes or spears mm-hmm. or swords or magic uh, faith or uh, reason are the two and then also of course with the whole units and gam- gambit system that they have uh there's like uh authority uh that gives like different bonuses so if you want a lord class you focus on authority mm-hmm. and uh yeah i there's just there's if you love bars that go up and up and up <laughs> there are a lot of bars that go up and up and up in this game too yeah and i think it does have a pretty solid new game plus um if you if you do finish it once and and want to play more they do make it easier to jump back into some of that stuff you can skip uh they give you kind of a secondary currency and and just by playing the game not something you have mm-hmm. to buy or anything but um you can use that currency to just instantly level up characters uh to give them to give them skills or to give them weapon ranks uh to give them support levels uh so it's much easier to recruit uh the units that you want to recruit for your second and third playthroughs or whatever um it they do there is some quality of life stuff there that i appreciate yeah I, I didn't like the fact that like, sometimes you kind of run your characters into a corner, like mm-hmm. as far as like, oh, I wanted to go to this class, but I definitely didn't plan ahead and got locked into a class that is right. okay, but they could be better. Um, but yeah, it's it's still like just the, the quality of the package, uh, just so many aspects of the game and the replay value of this one. Not to mention just the strategy of it is also really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still just feels like I'm slowly moving a bunch of units forward, and sometimes they they mix it up a bit. Uh, I I still think Awakening still still holds uh, the best kind of overall the boards and the challenges of like different situations of the maps and everything just played out better in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one still I think like just a cut above uh, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes uh a couple of years ago yeah. uh just because that felt yeah. more like a chessboard, which i liked a lot it, it kind of simplified it uh down to like just a very very distilled strategy nature 
Uh, but this one, there's sometimes you're like, a, one example is like a side story. Manuela goes after the Death Knight that knocked her out and ca- kidnapped her. And Hanneman's like, oh, foolish, foolish <laughs> professor. You're like, always jumping in. And then she gets separated from, and, you know, you have to try and find a getaway, you know, a way to get her back. Uh, but if you have somebody that has, like, teleportation, it makes it a little easy. Things like that. It's just there's a lot of customability, the characters, the sound, the just again also just setting up in the setting. Like they just keep building upon this. Someday we're gonna get the ultimate Fire Emblem crossover game between all these different uh, stories. We already have it. It's called Fire Emblem Heroes. And... Okay, fine. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely not yeah. uh, an acceptable answer. Um, but but yes. We're going to get this ultimate, ultimate Fire Emblem family tree and see where everyone's connected. That's what this game also needed is a fucking family tree because there are so many <laughs> fucking characters you lose track of. It's just impossible to get, like keep track of like names and people and who's into what and so on and so forth uh, i needed some visual aid like i it's, almost made my own i was just yeah so, like, it, it, i wouldn't mind sometime. like i wouldn't mind having like a, a mass effect style codex that i could mm-hmm. go back and refer to of oh these are the von this is the von eyer family and yep. this is what the von eyers did and who and, they're connected to right and and you don't want all that to be in there because you want to still discover that stuff but maybe mm-hmm. once somebody said it it can Yes, as you, like, discover it in the story or something. Like, it just, I needed, like, uh, just some visual aid to all these characters. Uh, Right, and and you don't want to just... so many. And you don't want to just open up the Fire Emblem wiki again and again and again, because that's madness uh, yeah so so it is it's a sequel to one of my favorite franchises maybe my favorite franchise uh it's a solid mm. entry in that in that franchise which means it's a cut above most other things that i that i enjoy um it just it, it's not it's not nearly my favorite fire emblem uh and and that that already is kind of a bummer to me but in terms of just 2019 taking it on its face uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is is excellent. Solid I'm really package. glad. I'm really glad to see it getting its due, like even more than Awakening. Hearing people talk about it, hearing people excitedly talk about yep. it, and and having having those discussions of well, what's what's the best house to be, and why why is this house better than the other one? And um, I know that in our spoiler discussion, like I I did feel very strongly. I think Golden yeah, Deer I... is. And I really love story. the Black Eagles too, just because like the characters that split in the story as well too. Mm-hmm. But like I said, just go listen to our <laughs> two and a half long hour uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, right, right after you've listened to this two and a half long hour podcast, that's yeah, just and like really enjoy just another. Your, yeah, like you just fill your full day of uh, of <laughs> of games. I, I've listened to some other some other spoiler casts, and they do not go into as much detail as we freaking do in uh, in that show. That's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely though one of the best, uh, certainly one of the best Fire Emblems. That's that's for sure. Uh, might not be the the best, but yeah. uh, also an interesting note: Koei Tecmo helped worked on this game a lot too. Yeah, uh, with Intelligent Systems uh, and Nintendo. So I always find that like a little fascinating uh, when announced, mm-hmm. especially this current like time with Nintendo, with like sure. Namco helping with things like. Uh, Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers, and... Platinum helping with things like Star Fox Zero, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, always, always fascinated uh, how they're branching out. Uh, but yeah, I think 
that is a that is a top 10 from each of us those those are definitely 10 games from each of us <laughs> yeah uh, uh, there is yeah. one game i played a lot of that did not come oh. out this year uh, oh. that if i had played it that year might have been my top number one and uh i would call my list the hollow knight uh memorial list uh for 2019 and uh my god that game is uh i know you're not a huge fan of the the metroidvanias uh out mm -hmm. there and uh, i think you played a little bit of hollow knight yeah i bounced off hard but i really respect a lot of what it does i i watch i've watched a lot of very long youtube videos you that probably watched the game the makers toolkick uh Ending I watched of his that boss one. Keys run, yeah. I, but I also watched multiple other ones that mm, are mm. hours long, and yeah. I really like a lot of what that game is doing. Oh it my just god, wasn't it's, for me. there's so many like secrets that just subvert your expectations too on not only the genre but also like Dark Souls game, like, uh, like, uh, it, I, like, it do, does things to me. Like, there's a uh, one moment in the game where you run to a character. He's like just a bug miner who's just you run to him. You can talk. And just like, yeah, I'm just getting all these uh, gems for myself. As you further go into the game, you they, they start acting a little weird when you revisit them. And then when you finally get, uh, further get into this mine area, you run to enemies that look like that character. And when you go back, they actually become an enemy. And you, you can kill them once and they never show up again. Wow. Kind of got me at my heart. Like, just like, sure. oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't want to do that, but I kind of had no choice. Uh, yeah, there's so many secrets, and it's just such a uh, just a class Metroidvania. It's up there for me with like Super Metroid, Metroid Void, and Symphony of the Night, just as some of my my favorite of the genre uh, contender of like game of the decade for me as well too. Just yeah. absolutely. Uh, and if you can get it for like ten bucks on the Switch when it's on sale for like that, it is. If you like it just even a little bit, the only like downside is like the last end of the game is just exceedingly long and hard like sure. boss rush style kind of stuff and they've, they've added more to that game there's been oh, yes. dlc that yep. that has expanded that and then there's uh is it silk song is that that's actually called? uh what we're going to talk about next uh which is okay. what i want to segue into like our upcoming yeah. favorites and that is one of my upcoming i'm sure it's going to be a 2020 game at this point uh i can't wait to play that on the switch but yeah silk song is uh one of the I believe Hornet in the uh, game is uh, one of the side characters you run into. Is she's the, yeah, she's uh, character like a boss that, that you fight. Yep, a couple of times, like kind of the like proto man reoccurring character. Sure, you just run into. Uh, but are they an ally? Are they an enemy? Who knows? <laughs> but you get to play as her throughout this uh, kind of prequel game, I guess that is coming out. Uh, but that is uh, definitely one of my uh, upcoming games I'm looking forward to in 2020. If sure. it comes out in 2020, I'm sure. Well We'll find out. I, it has to, right? I, we'll I, find I out. You know, take its time. Take its time. I'd rather be uh, a really good game in the first go. Why don't you run down the rest of your your most anticipated games for your most anticipated handheld games? Yes, handheld games. Uh, yeah, I will definitely. That's one I'm waiting for the Switch. Uh, I am uh, really looking forward to Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition when that comes out. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you got. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I've mm -hmm. played... Uh, I have that game, but I haven't finished the original Xenoblade Chronicles. I feel I need to finish that one. It's just on the Wii, Do so... You? Yes. I, it's that, all, it's also has a new 3DS version. I did, yeah. Of, I've seen that version. It's one of the two... It's one of the two that I know of. Uh, new 3DS only. Yes. Games. Yes. Uh, you can play Super Nintendos on that bad boy, too, if you want. Uh, <laughs> on a new 3DS or new 2DS. Uh, I mean, I 
just looking at the way they're like redoing the graphics and everything on that is definitely going to be a bonus and on a screen that doesn't look uh like as compressed and i still sure. like the look of that game on the wii uh it's kind of like a very very busy and uh better textured ps2 game kind of like final fantasy 12 back in the day yeah uh and before the like the re-release of that that they did also on switch yeah exactly and yeah something like being able to play it on the go i think i can finish it this time and then get to two or just start two and you know wait until defend because they're not really connected in any way it's kind yeah. of Final fancy in that that respect and, uh, and as a as a person who is kind of going into Xenoblade Chronicles two relatively blind, I mean, I I, <laughs> I own that 3ds version of of the original and just hated the the MMO ness of it. Mm. And I know that I know that like that's inherent to the game, so two is. isn't going to really be that much different. Like, what am I really getting myself into when it comes to Xenoblade Chronicles as a? I think franchise? it just takes a while to get going, and once you realize I don't have to fight everything, and okay. I can just mainline this story and do some of the side quest stuff, and oh, there's some interesting things that happen, and you get a little extra like lore tidbits and things like that if you do some of these side quests, and it's just the open nature of it. It just gives it this sort of like uh, it feels like an epic, like it just the scale and everything of it just it feels like you're small in a big place right uh and that's what i I, not only that the battle system reminds me a lot of grandia just very more focused on like uh position and actual uh like uh action aspects of using your character instead of like a turn-based uh you know don't have free movement kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i'm really looking forward to the the definitive edition of xenoblade chronicles when that comes out uh few others and that, and that yep. first game that first game doesn't have uh large breasted anime ladies as your weapons correct not as your weapons uh okay some, well then i guess i'm gonna ladies, stick with but, two <laughs> yeah there you go if you want that yes <laughs> stick with two uh, uh i i do want to play two just because the, the lunacy of it sounds amazing yeah uh and it looks like it looks like a really good game as well too. did you play uh, x on the wii u i did play a bit of x that feels way more like an mmo okay uh, but that is also not so much your character because you just you know you can create a character that way it's more of uh you know other characters and their stories that you discover i heard uh, some great things about x but it, it sounds like it'll looks so never good. get ported yeah it's mm, it could i mean i know one of your games that you're looking forward to is getting a, a nice very, port here very true <laughs> The Wii U is alive. Uh, yep. Kind of. Let me uh, quickly run down the other ones. Sure. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Hopefully That's that on comes my out list. next year's. Like, why didn't it come out this year? It, they, it still says 2019. I doubt that. But maybe I it's know, a New so. Year's Eve surprise or something like that. Yeah, that'd be so good. Run the Jewels I, came out, dropped an album on Christmas Eve one year, so you never know. That's true. That's true. I, did, I stopped playing. Um, so I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I played it a little bit on the Mac. Um, but I just was like, you know what? I, I want to play through all of this yeah. and, and I want to just have it all. And so I'm just going to stop and I will wait until this, this finished version comes out, especially if it comes out on something like the switch, yeah. uh, which it's scheduled to, uh, we just don't know a time yet, but man, yes. Kentucky Rod zero TV edition. That is, that is a game I am so excited for. Yeah. I played the first episode way back when it first came out, uh, on steam on PC and, just the nature of that uh, which i'm surprised it's very kind of twin peaks ish kind of very yeah weird kind of thing but there's there's less 
I guess there's less bullshit. Uh, you know what? They talk a lot of what? bullshit in that game too. You get, you get, you get. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Other games I'm looking forward to. Uh, I said Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Breath of the Wild two. There's a rumor saying it's next year. I have no reason to doubt that since they're kind of building off the same kind of uh, engine as before that they put a lot of work into. So maybe they've been working on it for the past three years that they've made some different improvements and we're going to get like a Majora's Mask style different uh, kind of Zelda in the same uh, engine. Uh, who knows? They might take away, you know, dispo- you know, disposable weapons uh, that break all the time. That'd be great. But who knows? Uh, that's like a, that's a, like a long shot one. Uh, one that I know is coming out uh, fairly soon, After Party uh, for the Switch. It's out now for PS4 and Xbox One PC, I believe. And... Uh, from the uh, creators of Oxenfree, uh, one of my favorites, not one of your favorites, uh, I know. Nope. <laughs> uh, but I am I am super looking forward to this, and I'm just holding out for a Switch version. But uh, I'd say the number one game I'm looking forward to is uh, Devolve Digital's uh, published uh, game coming out, Carry On. Uh, that game horror looks game. rad. Phobia Game Studios. It's <sighs> like you play this like skithering horror from another dimension that just has a bunch of tentacles that can crawl up walls and you're just it's like uh was it super mega worm on the uh, uh iphone like way back where it's like you play the a worm that just is like rampage style uh, hmm. kind of like rampage you're just you're playing the bad guy sure of. uh but it's like super gory definitely uh looking uh something i'm gonna enjoy just as like a gross out kind of weird game uh where you can just wreak havoc and uh, yeah that's uh, definitely my number one next to silk song uh yeah. those are my two highly anticipated yeah. games coming up. is carrion have they said it's coming to switch or it just is yeah just yeah, like... yeah it's coming to okay. switch and it's coming to pc like i think it's going to be like switch versus like my friend pedro okay cool, uh, cool. kind of thing and then it'll come out to other systems later Oh, that game looks so rad. It, it reminds me a lot of a game like Mark of the Ninja, except mm-hmm. you're except bloodier, gorier, and and you're a yeah, goddamn gross. monster. Oh, it's so good. Um, well, my list is uh, a little bit different than yours. Uh, it does have Kentucky Route Zero TV edition, mm-hmm. um, but then there's a bunch of other stuff, and all this stuff is Switch. Um, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be some good iOS games and Apple Arcade stuff that comes out. Um, probably one token Vita game um, that nobody will download Uh, (laughs) um but here here are some things that i have so i did mention indivisible uh before where they Mm -hmm. said there's a switch version they say it's 2019 but they are running out of time Uh, Uh, you know just maybe next year yeah so i'm I'm happy to play it next year but i i think i will really really like that game um another port that we're getting is dicey dungeons uh this was a pc game that came out earlier this year but uh okay yeah that's why there is a switch a switch port coming out um next year and uh this is kind of a it's a roguelike game and you're playing with these dice characters and you slot the dice into different um tools or different uh spells and just basically you're rolling dice and then choosing where those dice get uh get put in to to make your different attacks so there's a bit of a luck a bit of luck but also a bit of strategy to it um, I've heard some really good things. It, it's got a cool art style. I'm just, I think that'll be a really fun thing to play on the Switch. Hell yeah! Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm-hmm. This, this yep. got pushed to to next year, uh, to March. But I, I like I like Animal Crossing. I think on the Switch it's going to be a really great experience. Like that's that's where that game I think will thrive. 
mm-hmm. um, and it's got an install base now, and and people are people are jazzed about it. I mean, people are thirsty for that a- Animal Crossing. They are, especially after a game like Pocket Camp was such a bummer. Mm. Uh, I think people it did all right see, though. It did all right. I, it did it all right. Got, I guess they following. They they keep working on it. Um, but thinking about like the last the last three Animal Crossing games are uh, that uh, Happy Home Design that that Mario Party game Happy oh, Home yeah. Designer and and you can forget Pocket the board Camp. game so it's like that's not a great track record but like no, let's but get these the are all proper... kind of side stuff for exactly the real game that's coming out and the... yeah like I was considering thinking of like Animal Crossing because I'm always curious about those kind of games but it's just like nah, yeah I. I already have a life to live right now, and I kind of <laughs> don't need another commitment at fair, the moment. Fair. I, I did recently go back to New Leaf just for Ugh, a day. I can't even go. To, I can't even place my village right it's, now. It's it's weird. You go back and like, yep, yeah, there's a lot of weeds here. There's a lot of cockroaches. Uh, I can only go they're... back in the middle of the night when that happens. <laughs> I have. Uh, I, I can't. I can't show my face to Isabel. It's like, yeah, yeah, I've been gone for a while. I know. There were definitely some characters like, "Hey, where you been?" And like, I, you know, I've had a couple. I've had a thing to do. I guess I need to find myself. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but I'm excited to start all over again and and Mm -hmm. build up my rooms. And I just love the charm of that game, and just like the cast of characters and this design is just such a very low key and chill kind of game. I wish I could find the dedication, commitment to play a kind of game like that, like every day. But yeah. I just sometimes just lose interest fast on those kind of things. I'm I'm really interested to see what their multiplayer stuff is going to yeah. be. Um, after seeing a game like Pokemon um, and how they incorporated the max raid battles, which which was pretty pretty solid, honestly. Um, having the uh, one of the other things we didn't mention about Pokemon that is honestly one of my favorite features. It's just a really tiny thing. You now have a trainer card. So you, you've always had trainer cards, but yeah. now it, it looks more like a baseball playing card. Oh, and, cool. So your business calling card. You've got you've got stats on the back. Uh, you can you get you get it kind of laminated, I guess. But you get to customize the way it looks, your pose on it, uh, and then you can share it with other trainers. And even when you beat the gyms, uh, the leaders will give you their trainer cards. Oh, and so you kind of amass this collection of these these neat looking cards. So I could see Animal Crossing doing some similar things in that vein that that really it's got to do something of... with the online because they yeah. got to need reasons to keep subscribing to it. Like, totally. I mean, they've, they've 99 shown... and Super Nintendo games is great for this year, but you need a little more. Now. Right. And they've they've shown players uh, working together in, mm-hmm. in trailers and, and playthroughs and stuff uh, on their live streams. But I, I want to see how easy it is. Do I have to put in a giant friend code, or can I just like easily snap into one of my friend's games? Is it like what what kind of do stuff? I have to can use I a share? separate phone app to do a bunch of stuff. God, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I I'm very excited for what we'll get out of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm. So we'll see with that. Um, Digimon survive. <laughs> yep. Can't escape Digimon either, Chase. Come on. I can't. I can't. Oh. Um, I mean, you know how much I enjoyed Cyber Sleuth. Uh, a hand, One a of the things years, I wish they ago. left on the Vita. Mm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure. No, there was a time I really enjoyed Digimon, but that was a long time <laughs> ago. Uh, I, I really liked that Cyber Sleuth game um and then the sequel hackers mm-hmm. memory i thought was basically just the same game mm-hmm. it, it, it honestly was it was just here's a slightly <laughs> different perspective on the same story 
Kind of like Kingdom Hearts. Is, <laughs> sure. I Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> Chain of Memories um, just was like the same thing, just a card game. Okay. I the first Chain, of Memor- Chain of Memories is really the only one I've played, so that's okay. weird. <laughs> so you, you played the first game, essentially. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, hey, it was on the Game Boy Advance, so of exactly. course I played it. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there there is that that package deal now of you can get both Cyber Sleuth games on the Switch mm. now. It's just not at a at a price that I'm willing to pay yet, but I will probably pay that price at some point. Anyway, Digimon Survive, um, you got your Fire Emblem into my Digimon. Oh, no, no you, don't tell me that. Don't you're yeah. not going to get me back into Digimon. It, no, it's, no, no, no. It's no, actually no. it's actually more like XCOM meets Digimon. Um, from from the perspective that they're showing and and some of that stuff, it, it is uh, it is apparently permadeath. Uh, I don't know what exactly that Whoa. means. Like, I don't know what that the, means. Like, am I gonna have to like, uh, uh, what was it, Lion-O, Lion O, Lion, what was Lionmon, uh, Leomon. Leomon, am I gonna have to cry again when Leomon gets derezzed? I maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, in in a game like uh, Cyber Sleuth, getting uh, Digimon were like a dime a dozen, and it was all about uh, like d d digivolving and then re digivolving them to get them better stats. So the uh, idea of like one specific Digimon was kind of like whatever. Like you could have a thousand Agamons, it wasn't a big deal. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if this game is going to take that tactic of like, oh, it's easy to get the baby versions. It's mm-hmm. just leveling them up to get them to become the the bigger, um, oh, the, the Final bigger Fantasy Tactics route. Sure, yeah. Um, so we haven't seen a ton of it, a ton of it in, in motion, but it looks like it has um, like a, um, a what is it? Where it's like a layers, different height whatever the hell yeah the, you piqued my interest at least yeah it's it's got the it's got systems in it it's not just it's not the super robot wars here's a big flat empty chessboard and go at it it, it does have got some height some verticality and yeah some ter- some terrain kind of stuff yeah. yeah that's that's kind of what i'm thinking um so it does seem to have some of those kinds of things in there um just really interested to see uh, more of what that game is it could be terrible it probably is terrible but it, <laughs> it peaks it, 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 it peaks enough of my interest that i really want to want to give it a shot and that pokemon turn-based strategy game uh pokemon conquest back on the ds oh was, yeah was pretty good so you know if it can be that good i'd be happy um, and then, of course, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention the absolute best game that's going to come out next year um, that, in fact, is coming out in a month and change. Oh, yeah. It's so It's so close. Um, which... I, I, I was saving it because it, it would also be on my list, too, but I mentioned the other other kind of RPG. But what is it, Chase? I, I appreciate you saying that. Well, as... As you know, Fire Emblem Three Houses is kind of this mix of Fire Emblem and Persona, and and I was kind of worried about that uh, because you know I feel like those two things are kind of separate, and and having mm-hmm. them together was was not necessarily what I was into. Um, it's also exactly what I'm into because it's Tokyo Mirage Sessions, <laughs> yep, it is. Sharp Fe Encore, Encore Edition. Oh, man, Matt. I I've I've learned over the years that I think it's I think it's maybe just me who loves this game. You're not alone. I'm I'm not alone. There are other people out there. Are the other enlightened ones like yourself. 
Yeah. Um, but men of culture. I <laughs> yes, culture. That's J pop mostly, but um, still. <laughs> but it's it's definitely a game I've I'm not I'm not sure it's a game I would recommend to a ton of people. It like a Super Robot Wars, it's something that I think is specifically my jam. Yeah. And and it's not something I'm going to go like, "Oh, this is the greatest game of all time" in an objective sense, whatever the hell that means. Um It's just a personal favorite. Yeah, I just really like a lot of what it does. Uh, I like its characters. I like its combat system. I hope yeah, that a, it, it sounds like they did implement like a fast forward thing on. Yes, they on did. Some yeah, that, that's a nice battles, little addition I heard. That which is came good out a few days ago. As much as I love the idea of chaining and chaining and chaining, um, because that is totally what all the combat is about, it's, it feels it's so satisfying. It's such it, a solid JRPG with just some amazing tapestries around yeah. it. Uh, just. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's one of the best JRPGs, especially on the Wii U. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it right away. I still have the Wii U version to like finish sure. up and everything, but it's such a good, good game. Yeah, I, I love it so much. They are adding some new stuff in the Encore mm-hmm. edition. There's a new... New characters, uh, new uh, yeah. moves and songs. Mm-hmm. The best part, new songs. New songs, which means new summons because the songs turn into yep. summons. Uh, it's yeah. There's there's a lot I really really love about this game, uh, and it's another game that seems marred by a bunch of shitty ass fanboys who are bitching yeah. about censorship or whatever the fuck. And I mean, some of those like redesigns of the characters' clothes are really freaking crappy, but you know, sure. take it, leave it, whatever. It's, yeah, it's like who freaking cares? But like, it's just a, it's a great playing game, and it's still exactly. there's still a lot of charm to to what it does. And it's a it's it gives me like an Earthbound feel in that this is this is a JRPG, but it's not a fantasy world or it's not a sci-fi world. It's more like a modern day, and yeah. it's it's an interesting setting that you don't see out of uh, out of anything other than like a no. Persona game, more or less, or like uh, the world ends with you or something. Yeah, like that. totally. Like it's a, very... a but it's it, it's a rare thing. Yeah. Oh boy, I think. I think that's Woo. I think that's it. I think that's it, Matt. I think that's a year. That's that's 2019 <laughs> in the books. Uh, what a decade! That is some stuff that came out in 2018 and before that got ports. That mm-hmm. is 2020. If you look at our yep. most anticipated games, uh, we covered a lot here, and we spent a lot of time doing it. <laughs> and, yeah, we did, as always with with our podcast here. But it's been incredibly fun to to do it with you to share the in share in this with you for another year. Uh, Matt, is there anything that you'd like to plug anywhere that people can find or hear you on the internet outside of this show? Yeah, just find me on Twitter, Jiggy-san, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N. And uh, I always plug my friend Tyler Abstract, his Abstract Japan podcast. He's now in Japan, so he is like down and dirty. He actually went to, uh, like a month ago, he went to Osaka to check out some punk shows. Uh, Not only some local bands, like one from Argentina and things like that, which is just... Uh, he has his thoughts on uh, one of his recent episodes, and he should be coming out with a Christmas episode soon. Uh, nice. That's his usual uh, yearly special. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've been guest host on that, like, a bunch of times. Uh, but uh, check him out, abstractjapan.com. Have you been on more episodes of his show or my show? 
Hmm. I think I've been on more episodes of his show. Oh no, we'll have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is we are going to fix that because we have we have something at, coming up. At least one game that we know that we're going to talk about, and then mm-hmm. at the top of the show, we we just decided that we're going to do a 3ds ds games of the t- console. Yeah, we'll have to figure <laughs> up another list of like our favorite. DS, 3DS games. I bet Fire Emblem will be on it somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, I don't know, maybe. Uh, well, Matt, again, thank you for being on this journey with me. Uh, yeah. For listeners, you can keep listening to the show at GamersOnTheGo.com. Here are some of our other episodes, like the Fire Emblem Three Houses spoiler cast that, that Matt talked about. You can go all the way back and listen to the uh, Super Mario Land episode that we yeah. did together. I would say maybe not uh, <laughs> maybe uh go to one that is somewhat more professionally done not mm. saying this is professionally done but maybe more so than before i'd say i'd say if you want to check out one check out your the one about tiger electronic handhelds and that, that was fun that was a good good really good episode yeah that was cool uh, it's always it's always cool to get um i mean i i love having you on obviously but it's <laughs> it's always great to have uh, some people who are a little closer to the industry or mm. people who are just specifically in the industry. Like uh, one of my other favorite episodes was the SteamWorld Dig episode I got yes. to do with uh, the actual Image Inform president. Um, and that's that was really cool for him to sit down and talk to me about stuff. Um, there's also another one that I really like is on Rimmed Capsule, which was mm-hmm. a PlayStation mobile game, which you can no longer get on the Vita, but it is available other places. Um, and that was done with uh, Martin Jonathan, who is the also the developer of Holdown, which is one of my favorite iOS games of ever. <laughs> um, sadly, that game had not been out by the time I talked to him, so we didn't get into mm. talking about one of my favorite games ever. Um, but uh, it was still incredibly cool for him to come in and, and talk to me about that kind of stuff. So sometimes we'll have some of those episodes. Other times, you know, it'll just be more chill, and Matt and I are here yeah. talking about... Uh, a cool game that we played and those are fun too yep i think we're gonna call it right there matt so thank you again for uh standing sitting in for this herculean (coughs) effort (coughs) podcast the dogs the dogs agree it's time to be done do agree yeah (laughs) all right matt thank you very much we will see you in 2020 with some more episodes thanks everybody yes